0: But I think so many people lose, and, and myself, I struggle with it—is losing sight of the the long game. Like, because really, like that's all we have is time. It really is. Mm-hmm. There's no rush in any of the of this building your business or building your brand. That's all we have is time. And I'm just thinking, you know, like 2023, like 2024 is kind of like where I'm trying to put my brain at right now, as far as all my actions and make sure they map to that, and they're they're patient enough to sustain, you know, our
1: business till then. Welcome to From the Ground Up, where we talk to reptile keepers and breeders about all things cold-blooded. Sit back and have a beer with us. Well, some of you are driving. If you're driving, keep your hands tended to and enjoy the show. Ooh, From the Ground Up, number 50. <laughs> this is my second podcast today. Yes. Okay. Um. So... From the ground up, number 52 or 53 or 54, somewhere in there. Um, today, I need to tell you a few things first before we get started. Um, Southeast Carpet Fest, I just had a conversation with Dave Palumbo earlier today. I'm going to post that up as a mini podcast episode and put it out probably the 7th. And It's basically explaining all of Southeast Carpet Fest and gets a little bit into his story as far as going from pro bodybuilder to in Reptiles and holding Southeast Carpet Fest. And then also we have Southern Carpet Fest, which is going to be here hosted by the Ivory Connection, Ryan Sullivan. Uh, I believe it's going to be first weekend in May. Cinco um, wild. if you need to ask questions, you can probably contact me or Evan AKA Ice Cube for the podcast. Folks AKA out Carpet there. Cartel, AKA Carpet Cartel, AKA the dart frog, aficionado fruit fly breeder of the year. Okay. <laughs> um, getting into Breeders of the Year nominations on the Reptile Report. Reporter Up. We are up for Video Show of the Year. And then also put in the back of your head um, the Ball Pythons 101 podcast will be up for Radio Show of the Year next year. So that's just a precursor <laughs> to what we'll get into. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> so
2: yeah, go vote for us for Video Show of the Year, Port City Pythons. Tell your friends this is totally shameless plug
1: Um, we need to plug more though because we have the shirts i think we're gonna put up a giveaway we're gonna do a giveaway
2: but buy our shirts anyway
1: (laughs) if you want to support the podcast buy our shirts thank you to all the people who have bought shirts
2: yes okay do a beer plug everyone always asks us what beer we're drinking
1: oh we also need to like plug this person because neil who came over our house actually he has A young daughter who he showed around and played with a bunch of snakes and hung out and she gave me a, uh, she drew a picture of a ball python. Yes. So we will. And
2: his thank you to us was beer.
1: Was beer. So I'm I'm drinking Deep Ellum IPA. What are you? Oh, this is a local Texas beer out of the neighborhood Deep Ellum in Dallas, Texas.
2: And I changed it up. I'm actually drinking wine today good old two buck chuck from and Trader i Joe's.
1: should before i ask them what they're drinking we are talking <laughs> oh to God. chris the Chris's, chris the senior chris. and junior CRC from ball pythons 101 and rats 101 on instagram um what's up guys what are you guys drinking over there hey how's it going i am drinking some wine as well tonight Carry on. There was actually a headline
0: today that came out that said, Two and a half glasses of wine has been known to actually remove toxins in your brain and clean your brain. So I'm on
2: I'll go for that.
1: (laughs) I don't know.
2: What? (laughs) That
1: face. The Miller Miller Light tonight. There you go. It's a classic. I mean, if the wine scrubs your brain, uh, you'd be an interesting study. Excuse me? (laughs) Oh, I don't know what we're talking about. So Chris, so Chris junior and senior, um, who came first as far as reptiles? Um, uh, you know,
0: I was actually kind of thinking about that. I knew this question would come. Um, and I kind of got an insight the other day because honestly, we haven't had reptiles in our family for too long um this current business is going to have its fourth year anniversary on february 20th of this year and i was kind of thinking about childhood the other day and i do remember we used to actually catch a lot of frogs um growing up didn't we and we would keep them in styrofoam coolers out on the porch Uh, maybe you would let me keep them a couple days and then we would release them
3: yeah frogs uh i mean insects you were you were always catching stuff
0: yeah, and, and one one of my favorite pastimes was nightcrawler hunting with pops. Actually, we would uh, we would water the lawn if it was dry, and that yeah. would bring nightcrawlers out. And then we would go out and we would catch nightcrawlers for fishing. That's not reptile related, but uh,
2: I don't know what a nightcrawler is. Oh no, <laughs> worm,
1: a worm, worm for fishing. Uh, okay, <laughs> one of the big worms, earthworm.
2: Gotcha. But um, you no,
0: know, as far as reptiles goes, so I was working at Citibank. customer service on the phone and one of my close friends there you know he was sitting next to me and we were getting to know each other and i was like hey man what you all about and he was like i keep reptiles i keep snakes he had some boas had some ball pythons i was like dude show me some pictures so he shows me this picture of this spider ball python and i was just like whoa like that it looks so different you know and i was pretty amazed by it and i was drawn in by it so i went over his house held the snakes and i was like dude these are awesome like and then um I ended up getting some Paul Pythons
2: basically.
1: Yeah, I mean so, for not for everyone does it start young. I mean, it doesn't have to be something like that, but I mean just obviously a love stem from like a love of nature in general. So where do where does your dad come into the picture as far as the business goes and how does how do you guys work together? <sighs> well
0: I'm actually at home. So, so just to kind of a little, little bit of a backstory, I guess, just to get a little personal per se, just to kind of fill it in. Cause I'm 31. Um, Pops, what are you now? Are you uh, uh, counting this year? Counting this year. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs>
3: 53.
0: He's 53. So I actually got divorced when I was 26 and believe it or not, the, the ex-wife actually would not allow me to have a snake. It was complete BS. So once that dissolved, then I actually got into the reptile seriously. And then I moved back in, um, with the parents and I'm actually currently here still. So, so for this to kind of blow up to what it has blown up to, he had to be involved basically. And, 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 you know, you, I'll let you talk about that. I don't want to take that perspective away from you, but, um, I I had snakes um, and then I actually had to get rid of them due to the living arrangement because it just wasn't working like in a small bedroom in the house to send that. And that
3: was once you moved back home.
0: Right, yeah. So, and I was crushed because, you know, I had like I had a killer bee and, and six normals or something like that. And you know, I wanted to start breeding, have a little side hobby, just kind of restarting my life. And it just wasn't working out. So I actually had to get rid of the collection in 2013. And I remember I was following several different uh, ball python and reptile social media pages. And, and just seeing that on a daily basis just was kind of like salt in the wound. So I actually unfollowed all the reptile pages for about a year, kind of got out of the game. And then... I got back in in 2014 and and I remember thinking I was like if I get back in this I want to I want to do it how I really want to do it and I want to turn this into a lifestyle, you know, a business and in the future potentially, you know, support myself off of it because you know, once I got later into my 20s, I had tried out many different hobbies like, you know, photography, painting, different types of jobs, went to college, and nothing really ever clicked with me. Nothing really ever was like you know just relaxation where my passion was driven, I had the, the creative output and when I got into the snakes, I felt that, and I was like, "Whoa, I was like, you know this is, it just kind of clicked and and to be honest with you, before I even decided that I wanted to turn it into a business. I just wanted to have like one or two snakes. That's it. I didn't have no plans on turning it into like a huge business or
3: anything like that. So it just kind of snowballed into that. So and like you were saying, you had, how many snakes did you have when you was married at your other place? Like what? Three or four. Yeah. Maybe two, like three? six. Something like and that. I could, I could remember going over there one day and Chris had just went out to the, uh, pet store, wherever you went and got some feeders, some feeder mice rats or something like that. And, uh, he put those in the tank and it's like the snake just struck, boom, hit that thing so hard. And it was, to me, I was like, wow, you know, that was just up close and personal to me. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I know snakes do that, of course, in the wild, but never actually witnessed it. Never had even witnessed a snake actually eating a rat. And that was pretty amazing to me. I remember that day when we was at your place and then why, why, why I interrupt you was um so you had a few snakes when you, was married
0: and and tanks you know had the you know the
3: the red lights all that
0: just not really educated at the time about you know proper
3: husbandry and all that right and then you went through uh, you know it just didn't work out which that's life and then you got your divorce and you come back home with your snakes with the snakes yes
2: <laughs> so,
3: so, so chris was here in a cardboard box exactly with his snakes you know and then I don't know. And, you know, your mom, literally the only thing I had to my name at that time. Yeah. So and then you had the snakes in here, you know, and it, I mean, it's like it just didn't work out too well. So you right. decided to go ahead and uh,
0: and I, I sold them. I yeah. posted on uh, the ball python. I think it's BP forums, ball python forums um which you know we can talk about that later i'm actually planning on doing a big run on the forums when i get back into the forum game but anyway so that? Really back in the day
1: yeah
0: i checked it out like the other week and that forum is still popping man like i'm surprised there's a lot of action there still
3: so so, so i never really asked you once you got rid of your snakes from here mm-hmm. and there was a little time there did you feel like a void
0: oh yeah it was i i was just drowning. I, I couldn't stand it. I just I felt like the passion was just ripped away from me, man. And I, it was it was very gut wrenching for sure to to get
3: rid of my collection because you you had actually just had a bad car accident also.
0: Yeah, I had a bad car accident. It, it was just a rough. That was 2012 2013. Um. So anyway, so the year passed, and then uh, you know I I got, you know, kind of got my life stabilized, and I was like, hey, I was like. I wanted to get back into snakes, but it's not gonna work, you know, keeping them, you know, in the small bedroom. Mm-hmm. Um so at that point I proposed kind of like to Pops what we were gonna do as far as um building a room inside the garage. And that's you, what you proposed what you wanted to do. <laughs> I proposed what I wanted to do. I was wasn't trying to take much, I was like, I was like, pops, I need like, I think it was no. ridiculous. It was like a, a five foot by no, eight you, foot space. You
3: wanted to build a shed first. Oh yeah, that's yeah, right. You okay. wanted to build, you actually wanted me to help you build a <laughs> shed out in the backyard, whatever it may be, an eight by eight or whatever. Uh, so you could house your snakes. And, huh. and I'm like, oh man, I don't know. I mean, are we, are we doing this? We really doing this? And I went to your mom. I was like, does he really want to do this? <laughs> I tried to talk her out. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> And uh, I guess you talked to her and, and she's like, uh, and then she came to me one day and she's like, you going to help Chris build that shed? I'm like, "He he's serious about this, isn't he? And she's like, he is serious about this. He really was get snakes again. So, so then once that started turning in my head, I'm like, you know, um, I'm going to get on board with him with it. You know, and then, then I came to you and I'm like, instead of building a shed, we got a really nice two car garage out here that that would be awesome let's let's just take a corner and let's see what we can do with it yeah. so so then you had some wheels turning then
0: yeah and this is this is like uh may 2014 so we spent the whole year of 2014 uh um designing our facility which can be seen on our facebook page and youtube videos um and it's just like a little uh, nine foot by ten and a half foot um room with a little storage room on the side. We house about 150 ball pythons. Um we do keep the rats in a shed and and we kind of divvy out the the responsibilities. Um when we are a team pops is part business owner. Uh I'm the primary investor, but um due to using his space and obviously his services and helping he is part business owner in that. So we we have big plans um moving forward to the future. Um, just you know m- I I don't know if you want to jump into that yet or not, but that's kind of what pops just got on board. Like my parents, all my successes are definitely because of my parents. All my failures are on me. Um, You know, my parents have been nothing but supportive of me um, through, you know, all the all of life's, uh, you know, trials and and, you know, challenges and um i really owe it all to them just for backing me on everything and coming along for the ride they've just adapted to to the snake life it is a lifestyle i mean everything that that i do revolves around ball pythons 101 Um, Mm -hmm. right up until our call i was in my dm answering questions so it's just a complete lifestyle at this point and i'm just really excited to see where it takes us over the next couple years
1: right so As far as the rats go, did that happen out of necessity or something that you wanted to add to your business?
0: I think it, it's kind of two parts because I was making uh, about a two hour round trip to pick up rats right. and and that was just wearing on me, just driving after, you know, because I also maintain, you know, a 40 hour a week job as well as POPs and um, mm. just that two hour round trip plus the expense was wearing on us and we just knew the, the convenience of that. So we um, started a really small rat colony back in 2014 and um, to basically just feed, you know, our snakes. and just a year ago, we actually decided to turn that into part of our brand. Like the rats used to be kind of be like quiet. So yeah. and then I was like, Hey Pops, so we gotta get you involved on social media. I need you on here with me. I kinda of like having a team, you know, of close friends.
3: Um, of course Pops, you know, just just backing me on social media and yeah, um, you came to him and you're like, uh Instagram. You need to get Instagram going. I'm like with that stuff. Yeah. You know, I, I got a little Facebook thing going right. here. That, that's just enough for me right now. He's fresh on social media. He just
0: kind of got on everything within the last couple of years, so yeah. you know.
3: And I mean, I appreciate that too, Chris. Uh I mean, shoot. Uh that's a nice suggestion you gave me and 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 I mean, it works out great. I i just love uh learning all about it and everything. It's interesting.
0: Yeah. Yeah, you you've done well, for real.
3: I mean, I, and I appreciate everything that you've done, Pops as well. I surprise myself sometimes. I mean, you know, it's like kidding me. <laughs> but but in the future, um, you know,
0: I'm a couple years out from probably buying some property, and I'm gonna build some uh, facilities on them, and uh, I want to have a big rat retail business. Um, that's that's the goal. Um, you know, that'll be you know, joint with me and pops. Um, because hopefully in about two or three years, I would like to just be doing this as uh, my primary, you know, career. Um. And then uh, I don't know, pops might might have to hold out for like nine or ten years to get his pension on his. <laughs> but,
3: um, like, I have seven and a half years left, and
0: I'm okay. done. All
2: right,
3: <laughs> so
0: uh, I, I, I'm just I'm just dedicated to the end on this, and all you right. know, it, I'm all in on everything.
1: Yeah, I think that's I think you have to be. There's too many people who dip their toe in, and then you see those people disappear in a few years or something like that. I mean. It's something that you really have to commit to. And it seems like you guys have you meant to do like uh Pops is rats one oh one and you are ball pythons one oh one? Is that how you're trying to set up uh like your social media? Yeah,
0: I and I need to get access to your social media page so I can start sharing some of my stuff on there. <laughs> he runs everything on that page and you know. Yeah, he's uh, I see him in his DM, you know, working the DM on his spare time and he's grinding out the stories. I honestly, at this point, we have so much momentum with social media being on our daily. I just can't imagine going on a day without posting because that's kind of how it is. You see so many breeders, they'll go one or two or three weeks without posting it in the social media realm you basically die like people think you died or something if you're gone and they're out. So like, I'm scared to death to just go a day without even posting. And I've been posting like every single day for almost like four
3: years straight now. Wow. Sometimes I'll skip a day. I'll skip maybe one day or two days. And I get on him. Yeah. He'll be like pops. You haven't posted in two days. (laughs) I'm like, you you're right. I need that. I'm going to go. (laughs) Your stories are always, always going. Yeah. I like the stories. I like getting in there and doing some stories, you know, people, people enjoy that.
1: Yeah, I just got into that myself. I didn't do much of that. But it's, like, so easy because we're doing the snake stuff anyway. Why not just make a little video? And people, like, actually interact with you on a different level than just your pictures and stuff like that. So I know I enjoy that. I enjoy watching your I like stories, the pictures.
2: And it's like you referenced earlier, like, it really is even a lifestyle like this snake stuff it's his passion like you know it's been hit like i kind of just it doesn't
1: in. turn off and but uh, okay no, you, can I finish? No. yeah yeah can go I finish? ahead
2: thank you it's not even my passion but it's literally something i think about from the second i wake up like when i wake up i'm like what picture are we gonna post today like all day while i'm working like i have another job but i'm thinking okay who's messaging us on instagram like matt right now like what can we do how can we reach out to this person who are we gonna get next on the podcast like so many different things you don't even realize you're thinking about all day and so i can't even imagine for someone like him who it really is his passion it's he's wanted to do this forever how constant like snakes are on the brain
1: also keep in mind that she teaches children so while she while she's teaching the future of america she's thinking about instagram
2: I really uh, appreciate that. I was trying to make a really good point uh, about uh, how snakes uh, are. Like, I'm trying to help you out here. Uh, and you just... just, saying. You just bad- what, grade, what grade do you teach? I teach um, Montessori. So I teach ages uh, three to six.
0: Three to six. Okay. Gotcha. Yes. That's awesome.
2: But clearly to him, I'm not a good teacher because I'm thinking about Instagram. That's your Instagram, dude. Like you want me to not yeah, think dude. you want me to not oh, think no, about no, no, it no, no, and no, not be no, a no. part
0: of it. The thing about social media and Instagram is that there's many teenagers that, that are making really good money and building businesses on social media. And a lot of times those kids that are kind of like they're just not engaged with high school and this and that, they kind of need, you know, that little nudge or wink, like you know, entrepreneurial, you know, they they can, you know be very successful in this current environment. Like really, like the sky is the limit. It like is- weirdly successful though. Like <laughs> that's true. I mean, they, they can't be doctors about the diploma, but yes.
2: But still there's like kids making like millions of dollars on YouTube right now opening toys. Like that's right. a totally different subject. But <laughs> like if they can do it
1: <laughs> well I think it's important because as we, some people don't think it's important to do social media, primarily people have been in business for a long time. They don't think it's a big deal, but for us, I think, cause we're both younger. I think you said 31, I'm 26. And like, we're tailoring the next generation of people who are going to come up, who aren't going to buy from someone that they don't know about, they don't see on social media. So like, if we are ahead of that, as far as you're looking at the consumer behavior, of the whole nation like people need reviews people want people that they know like it's becoming more of a relationship He sound like gary v (laughs) i know you follow gary v i saw like
2: he sounds solely like Gary right now
0: (laughs) i consume so much gary v like i I struggle sounding like him just because like i I mean he's helped me so much a lot of my ideas are from his team or yeah, my, my marketing ideas definitely stem a lot from Gary Vaynerchuk and and his team that on their pages and stuff like that.
1: Yeah. I saw the um the post with the picture of the ball python and then like a tweet or a comment. Yeah, yeah. I did it and then I did it too. I saw you did it and I saw <laughs> Gary V did it. And I'm like, I'm doing it too. Right. And,
0: and that's that's been a unique experience because um I mean I'll be the first to admit, a lot of my ideas are just simply not original. They're just not. I mean, I was mentored and taught, you know, a ton of my my ball python knowledge was passed on to me through mentors and I owe it all to them, you know, the people that have guided me. And I've been mentored by many, many people because I have when I got in, I was not shy on contacting people like, hey, I'm building this rack. Can you help me? I'm wiring this heat tape. Can you help me? I wasn't one of the ones and I would not personally recommend new people to the hobby on hitting up like Facebook group pages and just shotgunning ideas to the general group population. I think you should find somebody that you respect and look up to and see if they can take you under their wing to help you out, you know, and someone that you ju- you know, vibe with. That's what I did. And, and it really created a bunch of good relationships.
1: Um, so yeah, I just kind of lost my train of thought there, but, but yeah, <laughs> no, I, I totally agree. Cause I mean, I don't like posting in groups because I post up a picture of a corn snake. And then people try to tell me that I'm doing something wrong. And it's like on Instagram, I post up the same picture with an explanation and everyone likes it and talks to me about it instead of assuming that I'm like <laughs> a piece of shit and then like someone who has a corn snake in a 10 gallon aquarium I shouldn't talk shit but
2: no but I know you're, you're right but you're saying that because someone did that to us yesterday and it's, it's all in my brain fresh. right now that yeah, someone did that to move. us for no
1: reason so have you found any um how do you deal with feedback as far as like I mean, your Instagram's huge. How do you deal with answering DMs or people trying to shit on you and stuff like that?
0: Yeah, so so I mean, it it's really just kind of blown up. Like I was looking at my my page's um, impressions. I hit 400 thousand impressions last week, and I probably receive on average about 40 to 60 DMs a day, and I actually answer every single one. It's like
2: that's it, awesome. It
0: gets very time consuming, and 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 my turn time keeps getting deeper and deeper and getting to everybody. Of course I bump friends up to the top of the list and people, (laughs) you know, but, but, um, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm, this is like one big experiment for me kind of at large, just because, um, I just kind of burned, I burned the boats basically and I dove right in and, um, and, so, yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I see you in the DMs too, Pops, but um, DMs is where the magic happens. It really is. That's where the magic happens. Um, you know, that's where I, I reach out and do my collabs and this and that. And that's where I sell the majority of my snakes is in the Instagram DM. So, and sometimes I bring it on myself. Like I put on my story the other day, like contact me, I have snakes available. And it was like... The hordes at the gate. <laughs> I'm humbled by that. That's one thing that I, I will never ever complain about anybody ever messaging me, anybody ever even just um, kicking the tire or window shopping. I will never complain about that. I'm humbled because I operate with it. I'm, I'm kind of embarrassed to admit this, but I operate kind of with fear. Uh, this business, I operate it with a chip on my shoulder and also with fear failure. And I mean, I think that's very important, but um, not not to let it consume you, but I'm with you. I was I was feeling you so much um, when you was talking about how when you wake up, you know, you're like, what am I going to post today? I'm with you. When I wake up, I'm like, I got about three hours, T minus three hours to get my first post in. I try to post two or three times a day. Currently, I'm going to a one post a day kind of format. I see a lot of pages being successful with that. Um, but what I want to transition to For the direction of my business is really trying to speak to the new people to the hobby because I I I think a lot of these kids that are starting these pages, they they have so much opportunity because I'm tied down. I got a full-time job, I got snakes hatching, I got sales to make, I got boxes to build. I just can't bills to
2: pay. (laughs) I I can't be in there
0: grinding it out for hours a day networking like I used to be able to. Now I'm really operating this business. So my time is just spread out and it's, it gets bad. Sometimes I'm like, Whoa, what do I do? But, um, there's so much opportunity. I, I do follow a couple of pages that I've watched blown up over the last couple months where they've started literally from zero and are like 10 to 20,000 now. And I've, I, I'm following like what their actions are in, in, on social media and what I'm seeing these pages doing and I'm kind of getting off track, yours. my apologies,
3: but, yeah, um, go for it
0: what I see these pages doing and this is like my message to the new people that maybe they don't have a big following on Instagram. I see these pages grinding it out, like putting ridiculous amounts of time in they're liking everybody's post. They're commenting on everybody's post and they're like liking everybody else's comments. And I I don't know what they're doing in the DM, but they're obviously blowing up because of it. Um, I know Gary Vaynerchuk, he has that dollar 20 strategy. Did you guys, did you catch that? So what that is,
2: I've been telling a
0: couple of my buddies, I don't have the time to do it. I just don't. And I also don't, for me, I just don't feel the need to do it because I don't want to spam myself because I feel like I'm already out there so much. But if I was new starting out on a social media page and I was wanting to build it up, I would follow all the major hashtags for your niche, like reptiles, pythons, horn snakes, snakes, anything like that, herps ball pythons of Instagram, just whatever is relatable to your species that you're working with primarily. And then I would go comment on all the top nine, um, posts that are ranking in a hashtag and just comment and give value. And then that just gives you so much exposure each day. I don't do it because I don't want to spam, but, um, there's so much opportunity for someone that doesn't have a job, like a kid, for instance, that's in high school or whatever. Yeah. You know, in college.
1: I did it. I did it once, but then um, see, I have a problem. When I start doing that, then like, I think like, Oh shit, I need to send that email to that person. Then I do that. And then I think like, Oh shit, got a notification on Facebook. Let's do that because they time your messages and I don't want to seem like a scumbag and all this other stuff Where it says you just respond in 36 hours or something. Yeah. Yeah. It's like you respond 98% of the time now. Oh my God. I think mine's <laughs> like 95% right now and like a five hour turn time I'm Like whatever. But it's like, some of them don't really warrant um answers. It's like, okay, have a good night. And then it's like, you need to say the last word or else. It's I, know, right. I just stopped
0: doing it. I don't know if they count that or not. I felt like I was like, hopefully Facebook knows it does not require a response. <laughs> <No>, Mark, <laughs> Mark, Mark, Mark thumbs up. Thumbs up. Mark, mark Zuckerberg. Yeah.
2: <laughs> no, they should like recognize. Okay, we've had it. Like, our conversation. Like, yeah. there should be like a "it's over" button or some, you know, <laughs> something like that to Mark. Like, we don't need to
1: respond. Yeah, it's hard to get to. I mean, I don't mind talking to, no, to no, everyone, no. but all the all the guests that we've got on the podcast have been like through DMs. I probably talked to you the first time through DM on Instagram. Yeah, I don't remember how we met. I I don't actually remember at all. 100% probably instagram
2: yeah <laughs> we literally just like find people on facebook or instagram like look at their stuff like we start liking it and are interested in what they keep how they're keeping what they're doing in the social media world and everything and so we just reach out to them and
1: I it's think we been, should get more into, I'm going to switch oh, it over to okay. snakes, but we can stay kind of yeah, within no, social media as far as. Um, I
0: remember the first time that I actually saw you guys, it was, um, you were doing some live videos. I think it was, uh, you were doing your podcast live on Instagram and I yeah. think it was just you two talking to each other. I don't think you had a guest. Maybe you used we, to do that more. more so yeah, like, yeah. We used we to did, just talk to each maybe other. Maybe our
2: first right. like 10 or. Yeah. I mean, it was just us. You know, no, I watched like, some of them. them.
0: I was always like super impressed with that. I was like, they're just grinding it out like every Monday, you know, like I don't think you had guests for a long time. I would see you guys and I just really appreciated Like what you were doing and just the, the energy a good positive vibe. And, and that's I what think
1: I- it's, I think it's important to know that um, I've been keeping for a long time, but I never really talked to anyone. And this year I've made like, if you just put yourself out there, I felt more alone in the reptile hobby beforehand But now I feel like I know so many people and we have so many good friends now, like just from the podcast, just from doing this, just from Instagram, stuff like that. So like as you're going forward and as you start your podcast, like that's just an opportunity to talk to people that you wouldn't before. Right. For sure. I'm really looking forward to it, launching that. I said I was going to get to animals, but now we're going to talk about the podcast. uh, (laughs) Well, I already said it. So so. what are your plans as far as everyone can see this awesome setup behind you? Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, uh, What's going on? (laughs) Oh,
0: man, it's always evolving. And I'm still kind of brainstorming the direction that I want to take the podcast. And, you know, I mean, it's a blessing, but it's also... I mean a mild curse like when i do something it's amplified it is like i can't just like experiment with how to be amplified because when i put it out and that's my personality too when i do something whether it's good or bad i'm going to kind of hammer it and, and put it out there and advertise it and um i'm i'm really trying to find my lane and what works for me and i want to be authentic and really have fun in my podcast and i'm leaning more towards um just running a q a Q&A show uh, I love Q and um, I feel like I have a bigger passion for Q and a versus interviewing people right now, at least. So I do have, um, a designated uh, remote co-host, uh, Jared at dragon tamer reptiles, shout out to him. Um, so he will be doing a lot of, uh, uh, remote co-hosting to where we, and you were actually on our first show. Um, you called in and that, that'll probably be the first show I drop. um, pops is definitely going to be my on-site co-host for as as <laughs> he can you know attend um that's kind of the direction i want to take i i don't really want to just get on there and interview people um i just right now i'm just trying to like i don't know i'm still trying to find my lane basically i don't really know to be
1: honest what direction i want to take it in well let me ask you the question that i asked on your podcast so someone like myself or like you, we breed species that are commonly bred in captivity. I breed a lot of corn snakes. You breed ball pythons. So what can you do as a ball python or corn snake breeder to make sure that you're differentiated from the thousands of other people producing these same animals, same genetics, same, even same quality? Well, I mean, what I would always of
0: course do recommend is start off with the best quality that you can.
1: Like absolutely.
0: And that, that is the backbone of our business is quality animals. And at this point, you know, every clutch that we hatch out has been just straight fired as far as quality goes. So from there, what I would do is I would differentiate yourself by being present online and putting out content every single day and giving more than you take. That is probably the biggest takeaway that I have and what I've learned through others is just simply providing more value than you take. And, and I need to do a better job at that for sure. And I'm always learning and trying to grow. And And I think you can probably speak to that, Pops, as far as just being there every single day and grinding it out day after day. And when you put two or three years behind that, you've built something at that point. You've built relationships. You've built friendships. You've you know built a brand because... Yeah, I can hatch out, you know, a bumblebee and so can 35 other breeders, but it's not a ball pythons 101 bumblebee. And and that's that's like the one thing that differentiates, you know, you is your brand and who you are and, and what you stand for. I mean, if you have one person that is buying snakes off auction um, or flipping snakes or they have bad quarantine practices or they're supporting you know, just certain people, perhaps. I mean, that that kind of creates your brand. So it's really just kind of how you manage that and um putting it out there, Of course, then prices factor into that. But I think it's just being there and being present every single day and and always just representing your brand the best you can
1: now, it's always a um differing of opinions as far as business practices for selling things, especially in the ball Python community, like, um, how do you feel about things like auctions or raffles or giveaways? Um auctions has just been something that i I just haven't supported
0: from day one, and mainly that's just because uh, my mentors from from day one did not support them. so I, I just automatically inherited those beliefs and still stand by those. i I've just have been presented that that devalued a lot of projects. Um, so auctions is something that i I steer clear of and feel that's not needed for me personally. Um I also don't like to overprice my animals. I try to find a really nice sweet spot that way um price adjustments really aren't needed. Sometimes I do have to adjust my prices a little bit lower because I just didn't think it out so much. And that's that's my biggest takeaway recently that I've been kind of like coaching myself on is to not rush into pricing my animals and really just thinking about it because I love to just create a price and sell an animal versus price dropping, which I have had to do. Um but you don't want to be known for dropping prices because then, you know, it's just, that's just not good business. Um, what do you think about that pops?
3: Well, let me back up just one question where you was asking, what can you do that might make a difference that, uh, that you can do different than anyone else. I think when you have a love and a passion for reptiles, snakes, don't be afraid to show it. Um, just like say the rats rats one-on-one I can get out there with those rats and I, I can connect with them. That might sound crazy, but I do connect with my rats.
2: Right. I'm going to need you to explain that.
3: <laughs> well, I mean, some people may view rats as being just feeders feeders for my snakes. That's all they are. They're just feeders for my snakes, but it's more than that. Um, it, it's a rat colony. I mean, that rat colony is a machine out there. I mean, you have your female rats, that's breeders. You have your males, of course. And then and then they have their babies. They have their pinks. It, there's a machine running out there constantly. And you can fine tune that machine when it comes to your rat colony. And it's more than just feeders. It, it's You've got to have a passion for it. And what I'm trying to say is don't be afraid to show your passion if it's only a rat colony, uh, to your social media friends, because that if you don't have rats, you don't have snakes. And that's very important. And, and, and I don't know, I just have a real passion for, for raising and breeding rats.
2: I'm so glad there's people like you in this world. So I don't have to have that passion. (laughs) There you go.
0: Someone someone (laughs) told Pops, they, on the Instagram DM, they said, they said you're ball pythons one one one's rat breeder, right? Yeah.
3: And they, no, she said <laughs> kind of put like things into perspective. Yeah. She said, you breed you breed rats for ball pythons 101, right?
2: Oh, uh, I made I made <laughs> ball. <time. laughs> <breed him. laughs> I have my
3: own personal rat breeder. <laughs> right
0: there it is. <laughs> no, but I, I'm out there. I I am in there, you know, elbows dirty as well every every <laughs> see Sunday.
3: you have your own personal rat breeder. I've got my own personal snake breeder right here. That's
1: right. <laughs> <laughs> i think i think people underestimate what a pivotal part that can be for your business because as you get larger there's literally shortages on rodents and stuff and people really can't make the mark and therefore the supply of rodents can drastically affect your season so i think that's super important to keep in mind that's that's very true very good point there. Do you guys
0: want to hop on instagram live
1: yeah we can yeah. do that how, if we, how do we i'll invite you on mine Oh, All right, cool. Cool. Because we're like we're like good at this, but not like Yeah, we used to this. do Instagram
2: like... live when we had people in the uh in the in our space. But then when we got to doing it here, how do they hear both of us? Oh, I guess if we're sharing it, don't well, yeah. never
0: mind. Yeah, hop on my live
1: and I, and send me an invite. Okay. Um, you figure that out while I ask him some more questions.
2: Okay. I got the notification on my phone. Did I get it? So
1: I think it's it's only right to ask um Pops go first. What's your favorite ball python morph or project that you guys are working with? And then Chris. Yeah.
3: I uh definitely like the clown project. It's probably my favorite for sure. And then definitely after the clown would definitely be the, the G H I.
1: That's my two favorite
2: wait how do i request oh there we go sorry
1: (laughs) figured it out and now chris what's your favorite project or morph
0: all right now we're live joints should be joint screen here in a second um my favorite i I love all my projects (laughs) I, i really do um i've just been so lucky that that my taste for, for what projects I like are in line with, uh, what the market demand is. Um, and I respect anybody that breeds out any project, even if it's not popular, like much respect to anybody that does that. I've just kind of been lucky that anything I'm interested in is very popular as well, which has made the business side, you know, um, flourish. Um, my pro my favorite is definitely clown, um, Definitely um highway. I love highway. I'm looking forward to what happens if highway with us mm-hmm. um, GHI and um, I've been hatching out a lot of dark stuff. That's kind of what I'll do anything anything that I'm hatching I'll highlight and hammer it as far as what I'm showing on my page and what I'm marketing kind of like the, the Gary Vaynerchuk uh, jab jab right hook. And I'll, I'll put out several jabs. And then I'll, like last night, I put out a big right hook telling people that I would release what my availability is. And I sold out almost within an hour just of posting that, just because I hit so many jabs on that. But, um, but yeah. Wait, I'm
2: sorry. We're not on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I see you, but I don't see us. I'm sorry. I'm probably... okay,
0: split screen. Yeah. Hey, I said, I saw your request and I hit accept. Can you send another request?
2: Um, hmm. it pops like a repeat. It just like popped. Yeah, I just uh see. It just says requested. Like it won't let me. It won't let me send the request. Well, I tried to close it to come back in to see if it'll let me
1: re-request. So is this as far as this year? Are you hatching out a lot of snakes right now? This time of year, it's been the craziest season. Um, it was super
0: super. In the middle of the year, I thought it was going to be a bust. You probably remember me telling you that. That, um, I just oh,
2: sorry, it keeps saying your request wasn't sent. I don't know if it's because I already requested before, it keeps saying your request wasn't sent.
0: This okay. is weird. We'll just try it one more time. Let me go ahead and just <laughs> and then
3: I'll start a new one. And if it doesn't work, no big deal. I don't want it to distract too much. Um, I think what Chris was saying about. Some people that breed ball pythons, they'll have like a season where they'll breed for so many months, it seems like. And then all of a sudden, you know, then they'll be getting their eggs and they'll hatch their snakes out. And then they won't have anything for like such a long time. And it goes in that season thing. But it seems like Chris was telling me uh, the past, you know, a few months, there'll be certain times he'd be like, well, it looks like we're going to have a dry spell. We don't have any eggs coming or anything like that. And then all of a sudden, you'll be like, oh, Pops, we got some that's ready to breed now, you know? And then all of a sudden he'll be pairing up snakes, you know, and everything. The stars have aligned actually recently. So we've
0: been hatching out a ton of snakes And, and our season's kind of hitting like right now is like the ground zero, you know, the most busiest time of the year for us when most breeders are not actually hatching anything and we have tax season coming up. So it's going to be very nice to be hatching a lot of snakes right now. And it's kind of going to kind of bleed into 2018. I don't know why I have my own theories about it. We didn't really, um, we didn't cool our snakes off too much in
3: 2000. Uh, what was that? 2016. We didn't cool very much. Now now go ahead and explain when you say cool, you mean cool. nighttime. So
0: we run an ambient temperature of 80 degrees in our snake room. We run hot spots on the heat tape, and that would be measured with a temp gun on the surface of the tub at 90 to 92. So air temperature in our tubs is 80 degrees. The hot spot, which is typically about three to four inches of heat tape, is 90 to 92. Um during our cooling season, we'll usually cool to about 75, 76 degrees at nighttime while maintaining a 90 to 92 hotspot. Last year, I just, for whatever reason, it was a very mild winter, so it didn't allow me to temp drop very much because uh, I, I, do react to the outside temperatures. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do heat our our snake room with oil oil heaters, but we didn't very, we didn't uh, temp drop very much uh, last about this time last year going into 2017. So for whatever reason, it just seemed to kind of push all the females way back. So we had a super, super late season and um, going into 2018, it's going to kind of just be nonstop. I was talking to actually Justin Koblica today and he said he's having a very early season as well. So uh, we're kind of having like a late season slash early season. So everything's hitting very hard like right now and it's super, super busy right now which is unheard of in ball pythons. Normally it's July, June, August. It's very busy.
1: I mean, I've seen more and more as far as breeders breeding all year round and people not doing any drops. And I know when I bred ball pythons, I didn't drop at all in my room. I just let my room get naturally a couple degrees cooler. And it just happened like that. Do you find that, you know, obviously your seasons are shifting. Have you heard that as well?
0: I don't know. It, it it just seems so variable and so dependent on everybody. One thing that that I'm seeing is that we're just kind of breeding all the time now. Um, and I'm seeing a lot of other breeders. By the way, I saw yesterday was brumation day
1: for you.
2: Yeah, it was so congratulations exciting. on that. All
1: right. Well, yeah, yeah, we we took everything out of brumation and put it where it's meant to be. But we have been uh, that was
2: weird. Where it's
1: meant to be. I don't know. I said that, but um uh, we're waiting to bring up the temperature i'll probably bring it up i'm probably going to be impatient and do it tomorrow even though i was going to give it a couple days but so you said
2: only you're only going to give it two days <laughs>
0: on this live video i did not turn on requests
1: so, so if people don't know as oh, far hey, as Calubrids okay. go
2: okay <laughs> so, i i kept trying to like close it and open it like why isn't it popping up
1: these damn kids are okay. in their instagram i sent
2: it did you get uh, it okay i got the request i'm gonna accept it now
1: <laughs> holy shit
2: Oh uh, four uh, <laughs>
0: right, city pythons. That's it. Uh, uh, it doesn't look like it to it's it's not but... showing
2: to us. It's
0: waiting for you.
2: What do probably. we have to do?
0: You have to probably like accept it. Yeah. Yeah. Wait uh, to be approved. Oh
2: <laughs> I don't know how these things work. I sent the request and then nothing else happened.
0: <laughs> Instagram hates me.
2: No. No, it's probably it's us. It's probably us.
0: You like, You know, like Gary Vaynerchuk said this the other day, and I just want to throw this out there for anybody that's listening. Um, If you want to succeed on social media, you have to view yourself as a media marketing agency first and a snake breeder second. And that, that I think that's very true. And I was curious what your opinion is on that as far as being a, a media agency first snake slash snake breeder second, because that's kind of what like pushes out who you are.
1: Uh, I think it's I think it's different because these are live animals instead of other things that maybe if these were books, it would be a little bit different. But for me, the animals always come first. But it's it's a weird it's compartmentalized thing because because the animals, me messing with them, that's my playtime. For me, like the work work is the social media stuff, and I take that as a job. Like I take that as serious as I can, and also I want to build this up to a point. To where on the down months, I know there's seasonality, especially the colubrids. You may be able to move that around with ball pythons, but with colubrids, it's kind of hard with brew mating. So there is pretty strict seasons most of the time if you want to go with the season, if you want to make it easy on yourself. But I mean, I think of myself as like, I want to be a content creator as far as podcasts, as far as YouTube, as far as Instagram. Because if I can make a little extra money selling t-shirts or make a little extra money off of YouTube, then that means that I cover my feed bills. I don't have to struggle to sell a snake. I don't have to make sales because it's winter and no one's buying and I can't ship. Um, It's a way to try to take that seasonality and make more of a four-legged chair out of this business instead of just depending on breeding and selling snakes because we've seen plenty of people who just sell snakes who are less than optimal in my opinion and you've seen people go the other way where they're too into their media stuff and also lose the business aspect and um there's not many people that can do both I think I think that's the issue
0: and that's what I'm struggling at is I struggle with it every single day and you know, going back to you know just what you were saying is just it. It really is hard to kind of balance everything. It really is like if you want to do everything, because because you know, and I remember when we, we were uh, starting in two thousand fourteen, we had to designate so much time to learn our rat colony and learn how to breed rats, how to to build the racks, and you know things get put on the back burner. You know, I want to. I have so many ideas for social media, but as you know, everybody can have ideas, but the the ticket, the punchline is executing on those ideas. It's so hard to execute on those ideas when you're being pulled in ten different directions.
1: Absolutely.
2: Okay, sorry. Um, speaking of being pulled in ten different re- directions, I'm trying to listen to you guys and see what's going on on the instagram thing people are saying the instagram thing is weird because it's like listening to only half of a conversation uh, yeah, but wait yeah. don't end it yet don't end it tell okay. them tell them to to come watch it on youtube yeah. <laughs> okay you so for
0: everybody watching on our live instagram feed go to port city pythons is that correct yes port city pythons on youtube we are streaming live there if you want to see you know get the full audio it's probably kind of lame if you just hear what i'm saying
2: <laughs> <laughs> sorry instagram didn't want to work for us but yeah
1: enough with this damn social okay, media okay. we obviously suck at it okay but i think it's i think it's harder especially to balance social media when people don't realize that like making videos especially youtube videos can take you like a solid eight hours of video oh yeah so i mean that how far do you guys think through your posts and how much is original content and how do you manage, you know, taking pictures and stuff like that? That's a really good question. And Pops, I'll let you answer
0: from your end. But um, on my end, everything is literally, you know, off the hip. It's 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 feel when I put a post out, you know, before I hit that post button, I go inside my body. And I see how I feel. Like, I like,
2: I right? like that. I, that's I, I read
0: the it, it's it's all improv. This entire brand and business has been built off of improv posting and in the moment. Anytime you see me and Pops going live, and I'll let you speak to this, it, I'm like, Pops, we're going live. And he's like, okay. And then Pops will go in his room and he'll put on some some ghetto ripped up hoodie with uh with a bill bill on backwards and 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 we go at it and, and that's just Because we're overthinkers, and if we allow ourselves to think too much, it just ruins the originality of the content. And whenever I'm typing up a caption on a post, and I'm not saying my captions are perfect or nothing, but it's just all off the the hit, man. It's just whoosh, draw it, and boom. And then I go inside my body before I hit submit, and I say, how do I feel about this? How does this resonate? How is this going to resonate with my follower base? How is this going to be received? And if I like it and it feels good and it hits that, that warm spot in my body, boom, I hit post and I just let it go out and, and, and that's it. (laughs) And you just kind of put trust in it. And then what I, my, my next paradigm is at that point, then just moving on to the next piece of content and letting that ride and and not sitting there and kind of getting a feedback, but keep on always moving forward because, uh, you know, like going back to Gary Vaynerchuk, you know, what is it? Micro, uh, micro and in real time and then you know macro you're patient but micro you're fast and i'm trying to get faster and faster and faster but also being more and more patient i'm very patient
1: very yeah, very it's patient. like a micro rabbit macro hair or there yeah go yeah. Yeah.
3: yeah but there's been several times where uh we'll go out you'll say uh we need to go out and record this and then all of a sudden we'll go out there and and uh, i'll be holding a camera for you and you'll make a recording and i'll be like You want to do another one? You'll be like, no, that's good. I'm like, you sure? He's like, yeah, that's great. (laughs) It's like, it's boom, it's done. And I wanted to, you know, you to also field
0: this question as far as, you know, I've I've been consuming a lot more of your content lately to, you know, for this podcast, how much of, of your videos are like one take versus like planned and like retakes? Because most of our stuff is off the cuff. One take, we don't typically redo things. Um I don't over. I'm saying our stuff is like fantastic or anything. A lot of it's actually been embarrassing, but yeah. <laughs> but it is what it is and that's how you grow, you know. Well right?
1: no, that's that's the whole fun of it is because you're practicing in person. Um I'm not going to make a video and then not release it just for practice because I already made it. So why not show people how much I suck at this and then I'll get back to them in 3 years and show that I'm a lot better than I started. But I mean, I mean, Melissa's a much more thought-through social media person. She thinks like all the analytics, all the things that could come of everything. But I just don't That's give a like, shit.
2: Like, I
1: it, just like to get stuff out there and have fun video
2: together yesterday in like months. And it was mostly us arguing because I was like, no, we need to do it this way, this way, this way. And he's like, no, we need to do it this way, this way, this way. And then it's just like, fuck it. Let's just film it.
1: And, and if I don't feel good, if I don't feel like I want to do it, I just don't do it because it'll be dog shit. Yeah, I, I know. And, yeah, but that's the thing. Like, I mean, and I'm not going to lie.
0: Like, today I had anxiety almost the whole entire day. I mean, not terrible, but, but it, and it, it's better managed now. But it's not like this is just like, hey, let's do it. You know, I mean, it, for sure, like, there's anxiety involved when I, if I, and that's why I started to think about it. I love Spur of the Moment because if I know, hey, I got a podcast tomorrow or, hey, I'm going live tomorrow, I'll have anxiety up until it.
1: And that's it's just anticipatory, right?
0: Right. Right. Mm-hmm. But I was going to say, why don't you guys go live on Instagram and just let me in- send the invite and we'll do
1: it that way. Nice. Okay. Yeah. Do whatever makes us do less because we're not good at well, doing things. we
2: don't things. have as
3: many, you know. But, but, was, gonna, but <laughs> if, if I'm live on it is joint. So to push it out for both of us. Oh, okay. I was going to say, uh, there's been times where I've been out in the rat room and I want to, uh, give some information out and I'll make a recording and then, uh, I'll be like, no, I want to do that different. Okay, then I'll do it again, and then I'll do it again. I think there was one time I did like seven different little clips, and I'm like, are you kidding me? I'm going to use the first one I did because that was the original, and that's really what I wanted people to see anyway. And I just put too much into it and didn't even really have to.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely instances where you don't have to go, um, the, the first one's usually the realist one. And then you try to contrive it and then it doesn't yeah. really sound like you. And then it gets weird. Exactly. Exactly. There've been times where I've had like a
3: post I'm getting ready to put out. And then, uh, I'll go to Chris and I'll say, Hey, Chris, how should I caption this picture here that I'm getting ready to post? And he'll be like, well, what's on your mind? And I'm like, that's it right there. That's what I need to put <laughs> on right here. And it's the truth. What, like, what What is really on your mind about that cat, that picture right there. And that's what you caption. And it was real.
2: Right, and then it's like, okay, sometimes we want to do that, like, but way, like, we kind of want to be catchy to, like, you know, like, you always mm-hmm. go through, like, one week we kind of did, like, all, like, catchy things, like, Thursday, like, Thursday, Thursday, or, like, you know, and it's yeah. like, we don't want that to be all the time, we don't want to be known for that, but we're like, let's try that's something different and we're always just trying to see what
1: works people like more different. so when i'm just stupid things that i think are stupid <laughs> like right, that aren't actually that's even just, funny
0: right, my right. Mic was it's always about pushing the attention i mean you want attention on you and i try not to push that too far but there's definitely a lot of micro things that i do that to push attention it's very micro but you know not ever thought in a sense mm-hmm.
1: yeah and i think that's attention not from like uh I need attention. It's like, I need attention for my business so that people know that I exist. Right. It's a different kind but, of attention to clear that up. But
0: I think so many people lose and, and myself, I struggle with it is losing sight of the, the long game. Like, cause really like, that's all we have is time. It really is. There's no rush in any of the uh, of this, building your business or building your brand. That's all we have is time. And I'm just thinking, you know, like 2023, like 2024 is kind of like where I'm trying to put my brain at right now as far as all my actions and make sure they map to that and they're, they're patient enough to sustain, you know, our business till then.
1: Yeah, it's hard because we struggle now, but we always think like, I have more faith than Melissa does. But I'm always like in... 10 years this will pay off or like this video usually most of the youtube videos pay off in a year or something you know it's recurring and then it all just balls up into hopefully Mm -mm. something i want
2: it now (laughs) when you say that
0: do you mean that your your youtube videos will continue to accrue views for a year and they'll kind of
1: pop as far as like accumulative uh statistics over a year Like you can have a video that you randomly put out, you get 500 views on it, then six months later, for some reason, the algorithm, the machine picks that up and it will blow up and then you'll start making $20 a month on it. Um, You know, say you're getting 10,000 views or something a month and you make um, $10 a month, $20 a month, and then you have five videos that are doing that simultaneously. Then you have a bunch of videos that are making five. So. You don't make a lot of money per video, but it's a recurring thing. So, like our biggest video is like a year and a half old, and um it just consistently gets views, you know, it consistently gets like two thousand views every forty eight hours, which isn't a lot, but it's enough to make it that it adds it all just adds up. I don't this know how to which video it. is that? Um, it's not even a good one see that's what sucks it's great because like it doesn't matter if it's good because the algorithm can pick it up no matter what but it's a shitty video like our fourth video it's shaky it's dog shit but it is greatest pet shop in the world which is a pet shop right up uh the street from us pretty much i mean it's a little clickbaity a little more clickbaity than i usually go but it worked and it's still a good video with cool animals that people don't know exist, but it's not my best work. But I mean, what are you going to do about it? People watch it, people subscribe from it. And, um, it's just, I took the at bat and I hit a ground rule double. That's the thing, man. Not a a home run, but. Everybody has an at bat every single day
0: on social media and that's how I view it. Every day is a new at bat and you have to kind of re-earn you know it with your customer base each day and I'm always trying out new things. I don't know if you follow me close enough but lately I've been kind of doing daily giveaways, been giving away stickers a lot daily and it's really pushed out my interaction on my page and you know I have people that advise me i'm like hey is this diluting my brand like i don't want to dilute my brand like how do you feel about this and yeah you know, i get feedback on it and i'm kind of on the fence about doing like daily giveaways but it's working and it's literally doubled my interaction on my instagram and to me that's worth it And it's it's certainly worth it to invest that versus um paying instagram to push my post out on sponsored sponsored post
2: okay mm-hmm. sorry pause people back to social media people on instagram are saying they can only hear us but not you but that doesn't i don't
0: oh you just let me maybe maybe i need to turn my volume up on my phone but i don't oh I my, don't. my volume was down can you guys hear me now on, on- <laughs> God, board. we
2: suck. But wouldn't the volume just be him hearing that? I don't know. Him hearing,
1: I don't know. We're doing fine. We're going to make.
2: Well, it. yeah. They said they can't hear you. We've hopefully. already taken up
1: half the show talking about this. Y'all are volume. talking
2: about social media, too. We've talked about snakes for a whole five
1: minutes on this podcast. I think. I think. Including- that's-
0: I'm sorry to interrupt you, but but about social media, just just kind of like the punchline, what I would give, because I really feel like I feel like it's not talked about enough. There is so many kids that don't have the confidence to launch their pages. Right, here's what I would right. do. If if I was a kid that was like 16, 17, 15, 18, 19, 28 years old, here's what I would do if I had no leverage or no traction at all in social media, I'll tell you exactly what I would do. And I dream about this, and I probably am going to do this. I'm going to start up probably several pages under my name in secret and run some media pages. Maybe not. Maybe I will. I don't know. But I'm dreaming about building, a secret. I, I'm dreaming. <laughs> I'm dreaming of building up other pages um, just to keep the challenge there. What I would do is I would first off find your business name. Anybody that's listening that owned two animals and that you think maybe in the future you want to create a, a hobby maybe some side income or just share your passion to the world
1: create a name get yes. a name that nobody else has get it get a logo i, name. I just want to add to that yes um don't be another dea reptiles gmp reptiles qrs please make something different than everyone else's name but go ahead exactly please. that's, that's a good point create your brand and i would get a logo made and and people
0: i hear people they're like oh well i don't have any snakes it's like guess what go back to me in 2014 either did i i had a couple but i made it work and i uh shared other people's posts and did collaborations that way or i just hammered what i had and i would just post every single day good content i would be you know what you know what i would do and i guarantee you this would work i would learn um social media, um, tips and tricks. I would learn how to edit, um, videos. I would learn graphics and you could actually, if you're a kid and you don't have money guarantee you hit up any breeder because most breeders suck at social media. They do hit them up and offer your services like, Hey, I can create you a graphics or a logo. I can edit your video. I can be your social media marketer. Maybe they won't let you, maybe they will, but they could definitely, you could use that for bartering to buy animals. Sure. Um, Just bring people value. Just bring value. If you're a kid out there and you got all the time in the world, and you don't have a full time job. Just that's what I would do. I would be out there grinding, hitting up, hitting up other readers in the DM. And you're building
3: relationships I would all at be the same time. I would be
0: commenting on other people's posts, liking other people's comments. I would just be putting in hours day in and day out. Do that for two years and come see me.
1: I want to talk a little bit because if you guys don't know, me and Chris will be putting this out. He'll be putting this out on his podcast and I'll be putting it out obviously on ours tomorrow. But, um, so that's why I'm kind of talking a little bit more than I would in a regular interview. But I want to give my story of doing that exact thing before Gary V was really a thing. But, um, I think, well, maybe just when I started watching Gary V 2014, um, I was living in upstate New York. All I had was like 15 ball pythons, a few corn snakes and a few breeding pairs. But um, I decided this is something I really wanted to do. And Sean Bradley with ball shit was a big thing. So I was like, hey, I'll kind of want to do a podcast. I'm thinking of doing all these different things. But let me kind of get a foot in. Let me just say, hey, Sean, my name's Joe. I know you don't know me. It's kind of weird. But uh, how about I work your booth at Tinley? On whenever, whenever the date was. So he got back to me. He's like, yeah, sure. I guess you can work my table for free. (laughs) It's like, I don't know. He's like, you're weird. But I mean, if you're (laughs) offering to work for free, sure. And then so the plan was, I'm going to drive there. It was, um, I think it's 13 hours from Oswego, New York to Chicago to Tinley there and drove there right after work left work at five o'clock got to sean at like eight in the morning to meet him to set up the booth that's dedication didn't sleep set up the booth worked the booth all day went to the auction went to the bar after but the fact is that um you know i was able to get in with in, I felt like I was finally in the industry. Like I was within the people I've all heard about forever. And I was like, I'm just going to sleep in my car tonight. And at the end of the day, Sean's like, yeah, you help me for free. You can sleep on the couch in the hotel room that we got. So like, I got a room, I made it to Tinley. I somehow got my way into Tinley, you know, for free and (laughs) made it happen and met pretty much the basis of people that i know to this day and it was the first time i'm like oh my god i'm sitting with garrick de Meyer. oh my god here's brian barcheck here's whoever you know just get your get yourself out there dude and all you have to do is message me if you live in texas you can fucking come over like, right, like no, we that's just to us. that's true but it's <laughs> like it's just talk to people man but that yeah. was my story of getting out there that that's that's awesome and that's all it takes. Like some of my closest
0: friends are people that just DM me and like, they brought a positive vibe and they had half a brain like, and now (laughs) we're like like buddies and like, I'm putting them on and like as much as I can, like on my social media and it's just, it's just been a great experience. And and that's really all it takes is really just, just engaging and bringing value. I have so many people that hit me up and they're like, like the DM reads this, can you give me a shout out? And I'm like, not only like, and I'll, I'll, Sometimes I'll coach these people. I'm like, hey, like if you want to shout out, like at least like bring some value, like you know, maybe like say, hey, nice page, like whatever, like you know what I mean. Versus just take. People would just want to hit you up and take. But there's so many opportunities. It's not that hard. Breeders are very reachable, and and they can, you know, you can definitely network and and get your brand out there. And that's kind of what I did. Um, that's how I built like my first 500 followers on on Facebook. Actually, back in 2014, I um I messaged people in the industry and I introduced myself like, Hey, I'm Chris. Seriously. I'm, I'm new to this. Like, you know, I, I, I have a lot of plans for the future. I'm just getting started out. Um, I'm just trying to meet people that have a, that share a common passion with me. Nice to meet you. And I sent him a friend request and that was that. And then maybe like a week later I invited him to like my page, but, but, um, you know, you do that week in and week out and that's kind of how you get a little little bit of traction and just just bring value
3: mm-hmm.
2: okay
1: if you bring up instagram one more time right it's all of a, it's been about
2: instagram. y'all been talking about i'm trying to bring it back to snakes even uh, uh, though people okay. keep okay. commenting on Let's instagram saying up. they <laughs> can't hear chris but i keep telling people on instagram like go watch it on youtube so if you're watching right now go watch it on youtube but i want to bring it back to snakes
1: okay go for okay. it
2: okay a question from a while ago in this um, thing when you talked about pricing snakes and when we were talking about auctions a little bit, someone asked, and I also wanted to know, like, what are your factors? Like, what goes into pricing a snake for you? Like, do you try to put it like, oh, here's like everyone else's? Let me put it within twenty. Like, I know nothing about ball Python. so yeah, what's your what factors go into pricing snakes? Well,
0: for me you know, it, it's really all about what is the snake worth to me? Like that is, I guess, what, you know, the gravitation pulls towards like exactly what is it worth to me? How many do I have of this exact gene? What is my stock like? Um, like the Leopard GHI project is fortunately been a project that I've been able to price myself. And you go on Morph Market and there is no GHI Leopard stuff at all. So I'm kind of running that project myself. And believe it or not, back in 2004, 16 I've actually raised prices each year because I started off too low. So it's kind of just been like a constant adjustment. Um I mean, I'll admit, I'll hop on Morph Market, I'll I'll type in the jeans that I I'm going to be pricing and see kind of what's on Morph Market. I don't want to be uh, you know too far over everybody. I don't want to be under everybody and I try to fi- I try to find a sweet spot kind of in the middle if I feel it's reasonable. Um, You know, that's just kind of, it's kind of what guides me. You know, if you're constantly selling the same combo year in and year out, you kind of already have your prices set, but, um, it's really, for me, it's about finding that sweet spot that that I don't have to adjust up or down and that's going to, I, I don't like to sit on snakes for too long. That's just my style. Um, you know, I don't want to renew my ads, you know, three, four, five, six months. And, uh, you know, fortunately, and it, 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 to kind of backtrack on that pricing, what's really helped is building interest to the process. Like, you know, like what I'm doing today, if you check out my Instagram story, I'm highlighting uh, my dream sickle is pairing my black pastel orange dream female. She's at 20 millimeters, so she's probably going to ovulate in about one or two months, and then I'm going to get eggs in about two months after that. And then they're going to hatch two months after that. But I'm advertising that right now. And that starts right now. So by the time those hatch, I got a list of 20 people that want that snake. So I, my prices don't ever have to go public perhaps on that project because I've advertised it so much. And you and already have that list ready. I already got the list ready. And and it's tough. Some of the the hardest part about breeding snakes is turning people away. That is the biggest challenge when I got three people we, that want one snake. We
2: haven't Incredible. felt that experience yet. <laughs>
0: I mean, it's not every snake. It's not every snake, but, but it is like, I've had people pissed off at me to where I've had to literally, they, they got cash in hand and I'm like, I'm sorry. Like someone just paid me like, I'm sorry. Like I'll get you next time. Like you turn people away and
1: it's tough. It really is tough. See, you see, people that's where, back. that's where I end up selling all my holdbacks. I'm like, mm-hmm. you know what? If it makes you happy, man, I'll sell you that animal that I really, really love. That's the best <laughs> one out of the clutch. i will just make you happy right now. Yeah. You, you <laughs> have to, sometimes you just got to
0: give it to the customer. I agree with you. I've done that too. I know what you saw. I know exactly what you're talking about there. There've yeah.
3: been several times when Chris has, came to me. He's like, "I think we should have held back that one we sold like four months ago."
1: <laughs> oh, <laughs> like, yeah, wow. <laughs> you know, somebody's happy out there, right? Well, with with corn snakes, sometimes they start out. You know, they start out duller than when they get to adult. So sometimes by that adult age, you're, fuck, that one's a little bit better than the one I have. So yeah, you know, it happens.
2: Okay, a uh, couple more questions. Uh, someone, I don't know what any of these things are but i'm asking them someone said how do oh, you don't ask that we're
1: oh gonna... i had a feeling you were gonna tell me not <laughs> okay to <ask> so me. <laughs> someone asked how do you make a ghi ghi is a single a incomplete you know, dominant you told gene me
2: not to ask yeah i know okay wait what is ghi i don't know what that is
0: it stands for gotta have it ghi reptiles inc you know i <laughs> guess they they you know um brought that gene into the states and they named it gotta have it so
1: it's okay. Matt
0: Lear. Matt Lear. Super, super nice guy. He, he's always helped me with any questions I've had. I know he's not too active in, um, it seems like he's not too active in the game right now. And, um, you know, I push that project as hard as I can. So
1: that was one of my favorite projects when I had ball pythons and um, I messaged Matt and never got a message back. Um, but uh, he, used to, he used to breed Amazon tree boas. So, I mean, he had some amazing Amazons back in the day. But uh, yeah, I love that project, especially what it does with other dark morphs, makes that like black and yellow. I mean, obviously, if you've looked at their page, I mean, just killer GHI stuff. What's your favorite um, combination and where do you think you're going with that project? Um, Right
0: now it's GHI Leopard Mojave. Um, It's super, super dark. It's like a black silk with uh, very strong like yellow highlights in it. Um, I'm really curious to see what Clown brings to that. Uh, I will be entering a GHI Clown project in 2018. Um, that's actually like first public announcement I've made on that project. But um, yeah, I, I really plan on hammering GHI. I'm very dedicated to that project. Now
1: there's gonna be a thousand people on that shit, man.
0: <laughs> we'll see, we'll see. But yeah, it's very niche. It's niche, and and it's cool. Like at this point, I'm just doing you know what I like, so it it works out nicely. Has there
1: been a clown GHI yet?
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. GHI clown has, has definitely been made some combos. You see like GHI Mojave clown, GHI lesser clown. Um, it's it's pretty much untapped. They age very, very nicely. I've been very impressed with it.
1: I mean, that's really a good thing that I see breeders going towards or animals that age well in comparison to like back in the day when you had a pastel, you know, pastels yeah. brown out straight up. So. Know,
0: I don't, I actually haven't been very public about this, but, the original name that i wanted to name our business was clowns and pides as lame as it sounds i wanted i wanted to go with like clowns and pides and my goal originally was to have no pastel in my collection Um, (laughs) it really was because it just browns out so much but but maybe not so much in combos um and i've i've loosened up a lot and it's kind of been part of the journey is incorporating other projects clowns and pides is my passion and 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 Definitely steals my heart, but um, yeah. I mean, one of my mentors from the past really laid it out to me. They said you don't want to be like a one-trick pony. You don't want to have just like two projects. You want to you want to be like a candy shop where someone walks in, and there's just like a plethora of like different options. That way you can t- can um be a you know an interest to many people of different interests versus just like small niches. So I've tried to expand out, and my interests have expanded as we've gone through this.
1: Now, pops, how involved are you in the industry? As far as obviously, Chris does all all the research on knowing all the breeders and the mentoring. Um, who do you look to and stuff? Whether it be Instagram on social media, all that stuff. Who are you impressed by?
2: I like how this swung back to social media, by the way, I, know, I tried to get good. y'all on snakes. I tried to get y'all back and you keep going back to social well, media. Well, no, I just want to know <laughs>
1: what breeders you may be interested in.
3: Yeah. Well, I mean, when it comes to that, I mean, I like the social media where, you know, it's just like all this information that's out there that I can just right at my fingertips see all this information everybody's just sharing with me and I'm doing the same but when it comes to inspiration I mean I gotta hand it to Chris he's been my my biggest inspiration for real because I mean he from day one he inspired me to get in it he inspired me to start the instagram he inspired me to to uh jump on board with these ball pythons and then once I did I'm like you know what this is all right because this is this like Once I get done with like, okay, I don't want to say that. Once I retire, this is going to be a whole new world for me. And it is right now, but I'm just saying I'm going to go full speed ahead at that time.
1: Well, for perspective, my, my dad's 60 years old. He has about 20 ball pythons. He's retiring, I think in two or three years, he may be over 60, by the way, he may be like 62, but, but, um, He's That's actually, so he's the one who got me into reptiles. But as he retires, he's thinking about building racks. He doesn't care about doing the physical stuff. He wants to build racks. He wants to breed snakes. He wants to keep himself busy. So Right. That's, a, That's cool. Yeah.
0: It's important to have something to do after you retire. and Like yeah. a pastime is something you have a passion about for sure. And like, I agree with that. And I'm, I'm real excited for that about you and, and um, keeping you engaged and, you know, having a long, nice you know, healthy life. Sure. That's important to me.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate that. I'm, I'm, I was never one to just, uh, uh, I like to get into things just like Chris. I mean, I guess that's kind of where you get it from me somewhat is getting into this, getting into that, you know, just being inspired by doing all these different things and just being a sponge, you know what I mean? Pops grew up on a farm. He grew up raising chickens and fighting,
0: wrestling with goats as a kid and all that so pony horses right. and... I, I can only imagine if pops really got a hold of a rat colony
3: as a oh kid oh my gosh man. you Jeez. kidding me <laughs> i had rabbits you know we was breeding rabbits like rats <laughs> wait
0: where
2: are y'all from by the way i realize i don't we're, yeah. we're in kentucky.
0: kentucky we're in northern kentucky we're about 30 minutes south of cincinnati yep
2: okay, okay. yep Gee.
3: Everyone knows where Cincinnati is. <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> Are y'all born at like lived there all your life? Everything.
1: Yeah.
3: Yep. They're we're
0: very, very localized where where we were born.
1: Well, do you see a sort of connection between agriculture? Cause I mean, people don't respect it as being agriculture. They think it's more scientific than it is, but breeding ball pythons and breeding rats, how close is that to, you know, agriculture or working on a farm?
3: I think it's pretty close, really. Um, whether it be chickens, goats, or rabbits, I mean, I think the ball pythons
1: is definitely considered a, like farm life. So when you when you do get land, because we've been thinking about this, like if we get land, we want to be able to zone it as agricultural. <laughs> We're getting some feedback. Yeah, we're getting feedback.
2: Yeah, okay. Your sound just all of a sudden kicked in on Instagram. Right. Did all you do right. something different?
0: I, I touched my phone. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to turn my volume down a little bit. That'll probably help. Yeah. Well,
1: my my volume up is button like is stuck on my phone, so I can't actually turn it down. So that's so the great part. this may end this right now. Well, you can open it on here. There's only, there's only fucking Instagram there's Live a... has been rooting. Oh, this distraction yeah
2: so there's only five people watching it so if you're watching it go. turn it
1: off get Ket,
2: this out of Ket, here okay what are we Ket, talking about okay go back to we're, we're talking about farm life.
3: when it comes to breeding ball pythons reptiles i can definitely say i would view it as definitely a farm farm life i mean there's so much you can do when it comes to breeding ball pythons you can use the uh, used bedding into like a compost in your garden Uh, which basically stems right back to growing nourishment for your own self
1: uh, along with, uh, you know, everything else. I think it's agriculture for sure. Speaking of bedding, like what are you guys using um, as far as bedding for your rats and also bedding for your animals? For the snakes we're
0: using, coconut mulch, we don't use name brand. And, and, you know, I mean, I haven't been too hard on it, but – I just don't think anybody should be paying full price for the name brand. I won't mention names, but the name brand
2: (laughs) (laughs) there's only one, so sorry not to
0: mention. (laughs) I think it's kind of ridiculous if anybody's and I and I put a post out with the tweet, you know, attached to it. I just don't think that anybody should be paying full price for that because that's money that you could be investing in snakes, which is gonna give you the you know more of a return. But um, you know, just look around, even even local nurseries typically will carry coconut mulch or they can and you can support local businesses and, mm-hmm. and get it through them. But we, we have an online vendor, which we, we found the coconut mulch through and I've heard that they all come from the same source. Um, and it's been great. And we like that because it does hold humidity pretty well and the ball pythons seem to like it. It's great for spot cleaning. Um, and then as far as the wrap bedding
3: pops, we use the, uh, pressed pine and the, what we the, like the to pellets do, it's well no it's not well, the pellets you know, it's we, the shavings. we, we should try to pellet sometime maybe yeah we've never tried the pellets but it's the uh, shavings that we use the press pine shavings
1: and, and uh, fine is that just like uh aromic or aromatic Aromatic uh-huh. is that a uh-huh. word
2: that's not a word you know what i mean. <laughs> yes aromatic
3: it's definitely you know it's it's shaved pine. Um, That's that, cool. I like that. Yeah. It's, I mean, it, they, they love it. The rats love it. Uh, we do open up our pine bedding. It comes in a bell plastic. Um, and we do open it up and we try to let it air out, dry out, you know, before we use it, which is in this same rat room. And then, uh, because when you first open it, it can smell just a little bit strong. I mean, it's just coming from the factory. Right. And it's, uh, pressed in plastic and everything. So when you first open it, it's going to smell a little strong, but if you can ideally open that up and maybe put it in a couple containers, just let it get some air, let it dry out. I think it works a lot better that way. And it's definitely not as strong. It doesn't smell like pine after that, at that point. And,
0: We tried a recent pre-scenting technique. If anybody's seen our recent YouTube video, we were pre-scenting on the pine and we switched over to pre-scenting, which means we'll go to the rat room. Yeah, We'll fill up our pre-scenting tubs with rats that are going to be fed to the snakes. And instead of setting those rats on pine, we've been setting them on coconut mulch, which is also what our ball pythons are set on. And we've actually seen an increase in feeding response by getting away from such a strong pine smell on our rats, and that that definitely seems to correlate to a better feeding response.
3: But it's not necessarily a strong pine smell that you're talking about, because what we're doing, we're taking these rats from the rat room, and we we are putting them in tubs on the same um, Bedding. bedding that the snakes are on, so there's no big difference in smell. There's so, no, right. Like, is, it, is
2: it smell. like the less pine or is it the more of the same smell that they're used to?
3: The more of like, the same it, smell that
0: yeah, they're used
2: to. Yeah, that's probably what's doing it. It's like the same smell right? they right.
0: and, and I've also, I started, nobody has ever told me this, but I started tapping on each shelf like 15 minutes before feeding to kind of wake the snakes up and that that's helped as well so I, i'm learning that that's like the punchline man See,
1: i'm always
2: stuff like i'm always this.
0: learning man it's like it's never ending always like adjusting and learning and try not to be so romantic with with ideas you know that that are holding me back
2: stuff like this is like because uh, you talked about earlier like i like the analytics stuff i like the numbers like all the experimentation and that like is what i wish i had time to do like I like last week we had Stu Tennyson on I don't know if Anyone listening knows who Stu Tennyson is But he's really into gray bands Um, And we got talking to to him about feeding snakes and everything and boiling pinkies, because we've had to try that with our corn snakes. And he talked about all the different like trials he did with boiling pinkies, whether it's, you know, for two seconds, yada, yada, yada. But like that and the stuff that y'all are talking about, like the tapping before, I love that stuff. Like just the A to B, like finding out like what little science, like experiment. little science. Like I wish I had the time to do that, or I wish we had money to pay someone <laughs> like i wish you know not we specifically but we the snake community had the money to do that you know because i just think we time to
1: come up with different
2: i think i think that would help further the snake community as a whole for someone to be able to take that time to do that like whether it's you know feeding like night feeding times doing that or it's like the boiling pinkies different things or or that um
1: just the little nuances that you get as a seasoned keeper. And I want to get your opinion on the fact of like, do you change what's already working? Cause like, I can breed corn snakes really good this way. You know, people are saying, don't change it. You know, don't fix what's broken. How do you manage, don't fix what's broken or try to get, try to try new things and see what works?
0: No, it's, it's interesting that you ask that, that each season we have gone into a new circumstance and it, you know, it, it's funny. We were talking about this on our live video last week to where I used to be very particular and, you know, kind of veered towards like, just caution. Like I
3: remember pops. Like Solid, it's gotta be done one way,
0: one way only that. And I would tell you the. When when we would enter the snake room, we would try not to talk too loud. It was kind of funny. Like, I would, I would, I would,
3: yeah, hey, hey, I would. I remember one time I had a pocket knife on my belt, right? And I don't know how it got dislodged, but it gets dislodged. It hits the floor, boom. And he's like pops. That's a little loud for what, the snakes. What the hell are you doing, pops?
0: You're like
1: little, you, little superstitious. You our breeding season.
3: They're <laughs> all
0: disturbed now, and and now like we we are so much looser on 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 disturbing and being loud in the snake room but he, you know going back to uh april 2016 i accidentally let, i don't know how it happened but i was in a rush i was going camping that night yeah and i left the snake room door open it like, was a hot day right no no it was cold outside. If it got down to like 70 to 65, it was probably like 65. I left the snake room door open. And cold. Room... Sorry, let's
2: acknowledge that you just said 65 is cold. <laughs> well, well, for snakes. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's That's true, true. True. So it was
0: 80 degrees in the snake room and I left the snake room door open for like three hours. And the whole room dropped like 65 degrees for three hours. The following three months, I got the most eggs that I've ever gotten. And... And that kind of opened up a paradigm for me to where it's like, don't be so romantic about certain procedures and this and that. Try new things. I had a, a snake that got loose out of a snake drawer because I was on a live video and I got distracted and I left the snake tub open yeah. and this snake crawled out of its tub somehow managed to find a vent that was open to the rest of the garage and escaped into the garage. Wow! It yeah. was hunkered underneath our furnace on the cold cement floor. Yes. And, and when we found the snake, it was there for about 12 hours. When we found the snake, it temp gunned at about 65 degrees. Well, that snake went on to lay eggs about two or three months later. And I feel like these dramatic changes and temp drops trigger a lot of these females, as far as changes so anymore i i just don't hold back as far as being loud in the room and we're on videos and if i bump a rack i used to keep sheets over my racks um believe it or not that's probably a bad fire hazard actually <laughs> but um but i don't know man it, it's really just been a good experience as far as letting go and letting nature take its course and happen as it does and and I'm gonna get kind of woo-woo on you here. I I'm actually a big believer in positive energy in your snake room and the results that you get in the the clutches and the breedings. I don't know. That's
3: I try not to be too woo-woo and, and Pops, I'll let you speak to this a little bit, but
2: Pops, are you, you the
3: to? I am. Because every time when right when we're when we're cleaning rats, and then he's going, there's a certain time right in between when we're cleaning rats when Chris will exit the rat room and he'll go in to drop this the rats in with the snakes. And he's he does the feeding at that time and I continue on cleaning. And then every time it's like, hey good feeding you know and it's like that positive yeah it's that positive energy that that has to go into that snake room to get good feedings i believe that i was
0: uh i was dating this chinese girl and she told me that the snakes needed feminine energy in the snake room and she's right to to uh, think, to have better breeding, so I always try to get a female out there. Would you do
1: in the snake room? <laughs>
3: it, it was just it was just that um <laughs> that <laughs> presence,
0: just that presence. So, so I don't know, like I you know I really I I don't know. I learned to not look. Knock. look no. I don't know, but one thing that's for sure: is no negative <laughs> attitudes, no negative attitudes, no negative energy is allowed in the snake room. And and if if you look at what I'm documenting. On my social media, we are hitting some insane odds, day in and day out, or clutch in and clutch out. You know, it could be short, short term, short run, but whatever it is, what it is. But but we try to keep a positive, you know, attitude and energy in the room. You know, real quick, there was a. uh, There's been. Have you guys heard about the rice study? Have you heard about that? No. No, Okay. All right. So you take. Um, you cook some rice. Okay, You, you cook some rice. And you take three Mason jars and you divvy out the rice into three different Mason jars. Okay. You do a one month experiment. You take each jar and one jar you give positive energy to like, you're like one minute per day. You're like, I love this jar. I love this rice. It's awesome. The second jar, you ignore it. The third jar, you're like, I hate this rice. This rice sucks. Okay. Like every single day, the rice that you give love to has no mold. The rice that you ignore has some mold. The rice that you hate has a ton of mold. YouTube it. You, I'm, I'm telling you. Did, did Tony, you, Tony Robbins, Robbins pay
1: for this, pay for this study? study? He <laughs> might have. He, <laughs> you never Tony
0: know. Robbins might have been involved here, but I'm telling you, YouTube search it. It's like, I don't know. Like we really tried have to be too. T- no, I have not done a study myself, but there's like thousands upon thousands of like you know, individual people that have done this, this study and it it proves like the, the energy, the positive energy, not to get too woo woo, but we always try to keep a positive vibe in the snake room and we're seeing like really good results because to be honest with you back in 2015, when we started, I was, you know, I hadn't seen the positive results and I was more negative and I didn't know if it was going to happen or not. And we didn't see good results. And ever since then, it's kind of taken off since we've been positive. So Take it or leave it. which try the, to be at positive. At the end
1: of the day, the only thing that could go wrong is that you're happier than you were. Yeah, right. That's the punchline, really. You know, is just, just
0: being happier.
2: Yeah. I'm definitely happy with our snakes until you take out our demons. How do you be positive? When you have demon snakes in your room.
0: We have like one Good or question. two. Of those. <laughs> They're pretty chill. They're like pet rocks. They're like the, 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 the perfect
2: pet rock. Oh, wait. Okay. You saying that makes it okay. We we say that all the time. But if I feel like, that I, feel like bullies, I couldn't so. say it. But Yo, since you say it, I can say it. <laughs> they are.
0: They're pet rocks. That's why you got <laughs> 100. That yeah. way it kind of makes up for it. if you If you own over 100, then you get enough interactions to make up for them being just pet rocks. mm
2: okay okay you heard it here first <laughs>
3: pet rocks turn into gravel
0: that's right we have one female and, and we just ignore her we yeah. just don't give her we just ignore her. let her have her peace
1: yeah i think people ask us a lot like what do you do when you have a mean snake well we don't have to hold all the snakes <laughs> we don't have to hold any of the snakes we
2: so. ignore it we feed sure. it
1: and we feed it we clean it
2: And that's that's about it. it.
0: Yeah. I I had one guy yesterday. He's like, does it have a docile temperament or is it aggressive? And I'm like, I've literally spent like 10 seconds with this snake because
1: it hatched like three days ago. I'm like, yeah, it seemed pretty chill. Yeah. (laughs) part of course for every ball python. So it will be a little shitty for a month and then it will be just as docile as everything else for the most part. Did you find a question?
2: No, I swear someone asked the question in the chat thing, but I just sat here scrolling. I don't know. There's a lot to scroll through. We're talking. What kind
1: of what kind of racks do you guys keep? We uh we actually custom built all of our racks
0: um because we didn't want to invest so much money on like the big you know uh, Freedom Breeder. What's the other brand? Um, just, just manufactured
3: racks, basically. Yeah, you know? ARS. I
0: mean, the other one. ARS. Yeah, yeah. I would but we we bought like name brand tubs and then we we just took the measurements and then we mm-hmm. just custom built the expanded pvc racks to that and and that was the most cost effective you know way for us to do that um that's just
3: the route we took so we had more money to invest in snakes themselves basically with chris's brains and my muscles, we can go places.
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> and, and YouTube instructional videos, right, yeah.
2: right,
0: right? And and all the people and mentors in the hobby that selflessly, you know, gave us their time and, and passed down knowledge, like for for real, straight up. Like, <laughs> but but that's it has, what it's all about. It isn't?
3: has been really cool that we can take, like, basically a PVC board have it cut down and, and really build a snake rack out of it. That's really, that's really right. unique.
0: And and I've wanted to share that. I've wanted to make, cause there really is not a lot of videos on YouTube that shows you how to build these snake racks and there's some, and they helped
1: us. Very and old ones too.
0: Right. They're yeah. old and it's tough getting a video to build a rack. We, we tried it once. I think we're going to try it again try to get a good video out. Maybe the logarithm would be nice to us and uh, we'll push it out
3: right
1: yeah yeah i mean it's hard to think back at a time where people didn't really know how to keep these things like Mm -hmm. we talked to Stu last week he's been keeping since the 70s and these racks weren't even a glimmer in anyone's eyes like they didn't even know that this was possible for us to be able to keep this many snakes in a small amount of space is like it opened up the whole door for us to commercialize at all that's the reason why snake are probably so big as pets today so true definitely what were you gonna say
2: oh no sorry i was
1: you're getting caught up in the chat yeah,
2: even, no. even
3: even to our rat racks we basically took we bought we bought the tray the uh tubs that we needed from you know our That's local hardware breeder or no from just, just the local just local the
0: cement tubs cement tubs from home depot the uh depot.
3: medium For the uh, breeders and the large cement tubs for grow out racks. I mean, people actually do mix cement in these tubs for small jobs, you know, or they may even do just odd jobs in these tubs. It's basically just like a tub, you know. And then we actually took these tubs, flipped them upside down and took our, Chris said, hey, we're going to buy us a, a table saw i like table saw he's like we're going to be ripping a lot of two by fours so a we, lot a lot a lot so we <laughs> we basically ripped two by fours for like weeks you know, like and then all of a sudden he's come home with these measurements and everything this is what we need so we cut off our ripped off our two by fours uh flipped our tubs over lined everything up you know it's like oh my gosh i could go on for hours but we end up with a rack that we can put rats in that is secure and a nice you know clean. Uh, once we clean it's a, basically a secure plenty of room, water for the rats they couldn't ask for anything more
1: yeah Except- how do you um what's the barrier as far as how do you get like breeder rats? I'm not that familiar with the the whole rat thing
0: we we um We were lucky just mm-hmm. in, enough to to find a couple local guys that have big established colonies um John chosmer uh, helped us get our, our colony established. And he was kind enough to let me get dimensions off of his racks. And, and, and that's really what it comes down to in this hobby. I mean, anybody new getting in, I mean, if you're a genius and you can come up with this stuff on your own, Mazel tov, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Like, great. That's awesome that you can do that. But for us, we're not that smart. We had to kind of get dimensions off other people and practices off of other people. And then kind of, you know, curate those and make them to our own to work best for us. But that is the the punchline of the hobby is people helping people. And, and you you want that, like you want to come from a place of abundance where everybody wins. You know, you don't need to, to have someone lose for you to win. If everybody wins, you win. And that's kind of the place that we're coming from is that we want to pass down what we've learned for someone to learn from that so they can win. And we're going to win too you know everybody should go up and and um what's your dog's name <laughs>
2: fixie <laughs> that? that's what i was laughing at earlier because i was typing i was typing in the chat i was like hey y'all if it looks weird what we're doing with our arms it's because we're petting our dog mm-hmm. it was, she was <laughs> too short to get in the shot but you could see him and i's arms like right. moving right. really weirdly so i was telling people in the chat like hey it's our dog
0: but it, but, but yeah as far as getting the breeder rats um terrence uh, hawkins um terrence hawkins reptiles from uh, Instagram, you know, when, here's the thing, here's the punchline of, of everything for me personally, when you put your content out there, the, the, the universe will return you favors. So when we put ourselves out there, you know, Opportunities have presented themselves to us for some reason. Just by posting, uh, Terrence Hawkins hit me up. He has an insane rat colony and he hooks me up with breeders when we when and he manages his bloodlines very nicely. So, in return, our rat colony has great genetics just because I posted. That's it. Mm -hmm. If I would have not posted I would have not got that connection. I would have not met Terrence and I would have not met up with him and sold him snakes and also in return got breeder rats. So, you know, that's just, that's what it's all about for me is put yourself out there because you know, you're going to get people that give you feedback for better practices. You're going to get connections or mentorship, or you're going to help them out, which is also rewarding within itself when you're helping someone else out. So that is just the takeaway for me: is you don't hoard information, put it out there. You can get feedback that'll help you, and you can also help others by sharing what you know. And mm. a universe, in my opinion, not to get woo woo, but it just kind of rewards you with
1: that. Yeah, I think that's important to mention, especially in the industry we're in, because quite frankly, you're selling a JHI leopard, or I'm selling a weird morph of whatever, but. Quite frankly, those people are mostly buying so that they can raise it up and they can breed it. So if they succeed, you succeed more because they'll grow with your project and their products will grow. They'll get more money to buy more snakes from you and then you'll buy from someone. It's a little bit of a pyramid scheme, but then again... It is. The, the longer you stay in it, the higher up the pyramid. It's
2: you not go. a little bit. It's a, it's a, lot, 100% a of pyramids, the pyramid.
0: you want your, you want
1: your customers to be
0: successful because that you want them to make money and you want that to, you know, pyramid down 100% for sure. And that's okay. I mean, everybody wins. Just what, what level you're on is up to you. Exactly.
2: Um, someone on the chat asked if there's any drawbacks to ASF rats. We we have never
0: dealt with them, so I really can't speak to it on our end. Uh-huh.
1: Right. I mean, from the people who have tried ASFs, especially for ball pythons, they're not going back to regular rats.
2: That's what someone fight. else said. They never go back once they go ASF. I've heard both ways. I just really
0: can't speak to it. I'm not sure. I mean, we do we do mice mm-hmm. for some of the the you know the snakes that are picky, but I don't know. I mean, I, I'm I'm game for maybe trying to present the room of ASFs. I don't know. I mean, here's the thing, like people get romantic with ideas and the hobby. And I think that is a flaw and we need to always move forward and try new ideas.
2: And not it on so many things we were, who are we talking about? Oh, the, the um, father and daughter that we had uh, over to our house recently, like they know nothing about sakes. Like he's just trying to do some research for his daughter. And he already picked up on the fact that people in this community are so stuck on certain things for no reason like and the fact that someone that new and that novice can pick up on that like what does it say about the community you know that people are so stuck in these particular
1: things well he was like kind of alluding to the fact that you can still get those old old school guys who have a lot of imports a lot of flips on a lot of weird different species of snakes and he could pick up like who was a breeder who was into what wholesaler
2: Um, weirdness
1: yeah which is funny there's a lot of levels to this game so it's like where do you want to fit within that structure and I think we both kind of picked the try to breed cool shit and, and i don't know if this is the right one i don't really know but even
2: like about naming and so i think we talked about some some things like that like naming or genetics and like people want to be like act like they have a phd but you know they really don't
0: and that's the thing you know and and just just to kind of plug this you know when we name this business ball pythons 101 it it's 100 not because we are like the 101, like where we know it all because we, we really wanted to choose a name that we could grow into mm-hmm. and challenge us. And, right. and I don't think we'll ever get there to where we're like, we know it all. I don't want to be that person at all. I just
3: want this. It, that's impossible.
1: It is. Once you, once you know it all, it actually shows that you know very little.
0: <laughs> exactly. And, and I, we don't want to be that. And I've been lucky that we've got good feedback on name and, it, I just want information to pass through us. Right. Like we're not ball pythons 101. Like everybody, you know, that interacts with me is part of that, and everybody that's taught me is is part of that. And I don't want to claim to be a know it all at all. I'm that is what I pride myself on is that I'm constantly learning. I'm constantly introducing like new marketing techniques that catch on mm. or through others. And it, I don't know. It's just something that we could grow into. You know, and yeah, it was never intended to be, you know, that we know it all or that our way is the way or anything
3: like that. It's, it's And it's like when someone comes to us, maybe asking for information, if we don't know, we'll try to learn it and yeah, try to share it sure. back. Yes.
1: It's been a, a great learning experiment. Yeah. Just. It's been great. Yeah. It's hard sometimes not to say like you're a damn idiot without actually doing (laughs) the work and being like, you can't just, you can't just, but I'm saying I can't be like, oh, when you tap on the side of the tub, like, of course that's not going to work. You're an idiot unless you try. And if that works for you. And that means that that works for you. And if it works for me, then it's something that we can all try out just to get a little bit better, just to elevate us just a tiny bit. Yeah.
0: And it may not, it may not work for you. And that's like the beautiful thing. And I don't know how this applies to corn snakes or other species, but from my experience with ball pythons, literally everything works. Like that's the punchline of ball pythons. Everything works. Anything you're doing will work. It just will. I hit, I get hit up daily with DMS where people tell me they're doing this or that these temperatures this cooling period this incubation method and it all works it really does it just <laughs> all works And that's the beautiful thing about it it's such a versatile hobby hobby and that's where people get caught up or like my way or the highway it's like no not so much it's
2: not at all
0: not like, at all anything like- works and that's the beautiful thing about this hobby is that literally anything works don't ever think it have fun with it, and enjoy the process. And when you
1: get success, stick with it and build upon it. You don't have to change everything for no reason. If it's working, then
2: Yeah, true. But
0: you can have flexibility, and that's what we'll do. We'll have flexibility and try something new because I know anything probably will work with ball pythons.
2: That's nice. That's something we don't do. But, I mean, granted, we... we Right, but I do
1: things that other people don't do. For me, even with corn snakes, when I don't brumate them, I have snakes that stay up all year round. These are just grow outs and stuff like that or snakes that I haven't sold. And um, I'll seasonal feed even if I don't drop their temps. So instead of a mouse every week, they'll get a mouse every two weeks. And that will signify to them that it's winter and they'll have a I want to feel like it's a small cycle to where they can still get food in but they're not totally off of food and dropped in temps. But I still feel like that ingrains in them a little bit. So that's a little like weird thing that i do that may or may not work but it's something that i feel helps me out to get them into the swing of things that
3: makes a lot of sense really cuz the so snake like knows just... that there's, there's less food on the table so it must be at that time when it's just not available right winter time downtime for you you're talking about
1: right and it may be different with ball pythons it seems like when you start ramping up the feed and they're like oh shit it's breeding time so it, maybe the total opposite right yeah what do you change as far as I know you kind of let the room go and it seems like you pay attention to your females and you're just hitting hard now, but do you do any type of feed cycling or anything like that? Every Sunday when we
0: clean rats, we, we offer an appropriate size meal, which is typically the width, the, the largest width of the, the, the female or, or male's body. We don't really feed any rats larger than 175 grams, um, we don't power feed. We offer a meal once per week. And and what I'm finding, because I'm still new to the game, and that's that's to me, that's the funnest part about it is that I'm always learning. I'm always adjusting. That I'm finding that the ball pythons will manage everything for you. They they kind of have the final decision when they're ready to give you eggs. They'll go off feed when they feel it's necessary to manage their body weight or their fat percentage. It's just It's been great because I was so much more stressed back in 2015, 2016, to where now I'm realizing, like, it's okay, just let go and and let these balls decide what's up. Like, and just provide them, you know, the proper, you know, temps and humidity and give them fresh water once a week and a, and a proper clean enclosure and, and they'll kind of handle the rest of it and there's no reason
3: to kind of overthink it and that kind of frees me up to uh you know build the brand it seems like i've seen a lot of questions come in where someone may ask you know my snake hasn't been eating for like the last months and and, 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 and i've heard you, know you I say? say where they'll hit a wall
0: they'll hit a wall you know what i tell them them people that they're like, hey my hat my snake has not ate for three months i'm like brother join the club because yeah. i've had snakes that have not ate for a year and
3: there's nothing you can do it's on their terms right but when hey when they're ready to eat
1: they will they will and and they really when they're are. ready to breed they will it's like they all wanna procreate we just get in the way of that exactly yeah for sure people stress out about
0: that i mean and it it helps to have 150 snakes because you're not going to put so much focus on Mm -hmm. one snake Mm -hmm. you know you got tons of others that are also breeding Mm -hmm. which definitely helps but uh, it's really the whole process of letting go and this whole journey is is just really expanded and 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 matured me as a person and a human being at letting go in life and not trying to control everything and just kind of going with a natural flow and, you know, um, doing everything you can and letting go of the rest.
1: So this business has gotten significantly larger in the last, you know, starting, it sounds like you started really ramping up in 2014. So where are you now capacity-wise, number of animals-wise, and what do you look towards as far as the future goes? Um, I mean, daily right
0: now, I'm I'm, I'm evolving right now. I'm, I'm definitely in the transition period from going from, you know, I don't even know what you want to call it level one to like level three to where I'm having, you know, like, like 2015, I had four clutches, 2016 I had 21 clutches. And I remember all the anxiety. I was like, Whoa, we got a lot of snakes coming up here. (laughs) Like what do we do? And we got through it and that gave me a ton of confidence going into 2017 2017 early was a slow season, so I hammered social media and ramped that up, and now I'm kind of getting a lot of clutches and anxiety comes back in. Where you know it's it's very personal for me to where I don't want to to produce snakes I can't sell. That is a uh, for me personally, it's very important that I, what I produce I can move at and and not hurt the project. At right. the end of the day, my goal is to leave the hobby better than I found it. That is the absolute punchline for me. I don't want to take away from the hobby. I want to better it than, than where I found it. And as far as the future, I think we will continue to grow into that three years from now. I think the sky is the absolute, you know, parameter. Um, I just, just want to keep on, you know, I want to I want to remove the because I have success barriers I do uh, even with this podcast uh you know just to be 100% real anytime I progress my brand and I expand I experience success barriers where that will stop me and that could be in any type of form it could be that I will focus more on my day job or or I'll just find any type of damn excuse that will keep me from building my brand and to me The ultimate, um, you know, North star is any place in life that you are experiencing um, setbacks or resistance is probably what you need to put your attention on. And for me, it's been this podcast because I know that when I'm live recording myself speaking, it's on record. And I know when I put it out there, it will be heard by hundreds. So I'm, i feel resistance there so for me it's to learn to push through that and to keep pushing forward and i just you know this all started in 2014 we're in 2004 right now so we're four years into it so three years from now um the sky's the limit it just really yeah, you're, is. Just,
1: you're just learning to crawl right now
0: i'm just learning to crawl and and here's the the punchline is don't quit just don't quit You, you just, there's just no quitting and just keep pushing forward and, and it's okay. And don't rush yourself. It's okay. If it takes an extra year, everything, everything I projected has taken an extra one or two or three years. It just has, it's always an extra year and that's okay. It's just whenever
1: you can get it done. And going back to the like, I always want to I've had guests on here who said that they were going to start a podcast, I always bring it up, even if they're like, kind of unsure about it, I'll put them on the spot to do it. Because like, and that's why, you know, you were like, Oh, I want to push this back to when I launched my podcast. I like, No, we're gonna do this first, because you have to launch your podcast after because we're going to talk about it. So right. that that's social, like, what do you call that? Like, like everyone knows, you're gonna put out a podcast. Now they expect a podcast, so now it's there. And I want to devote yeah. to like one a week. Hell yeah! I mean, it's a lot of it's a lot of work, but it's nothing that you can't do. If you do Instagram consistently, there's no reason why you can't do a podcast consistently. There's no way. you know, and once YouTube, you get that habit. YouTube too. YouTube too, yeah. So you get that in that groove and keep it going, and like it seems really. Um, hard to manage in your head when you think of it. But once you start going, it gets easier and easier. And if um, I think you kind of referenced it, but you may actually pick it up, but I'll put this out here. I always put out books like a fucking loser and no one cares, but I I care. there -hmm. you go. Obstacle is the way by Ryan holiday. I think you may be a little bit revising that book, whether you like it or not. It's stoic philosophy, philosophy, and um, it sounds really lame. But it's really fucking cool. The Seahawks read it. The Patriots read it. And they're pretty good at football. So I don't know. The whole team? Yeah, the whole team. It's part of their program. Really? So it's like stoic philosophy. The, the hardest thing that you do is actually going to be the best thing for you.
0: Exactly. I, I believe that 100%. And I feel it daily. Anything that is the best for my brand, I have the most resistance towards. 100% period. Obstacle is the way.
1: There you go. And then also The War of Art, which is Stephen Pressfield. Oh, yeah. Stephen nailed that book. I've read it like two times. Yes. There you go. See, I mean, like you could see when people line up. There's, I don't know, people who do things consistently are just always looking to... Get ahead and do different things. Like we both read books, we both do all these different things. So, like, I just implore people to always try to get better. Like, no matter what they do, because it makes me a happier person. Like, I don't know if it works for everyone else, but I feel good when I'm productive.
2: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you want. Me. You're looking at me like you really want me to say some inspirational. You're thing like a person who
1: doesn't care about that. You're like health, whatever. Like,
2: okay, okay. Pause. Don't bring in my health to this snake podcast. <laughs> we all know you're Mr. Fit and Exercise every day. I'm Mrs. I like food. Let let's just let let's table that. But I do like getting better. But the way we view getting better is different. I view it in the numbers form. I view it in the in the mm. data and the results. I don't
1: even know how to characterize how you. No, I think you need that because you're a more analytical mind. I'm a more creative mind, pops. Where do you fall between between you and Chris? Do you have that same dynamic going on? Do you compliment each other in certain ways? We do. Uh, sometimes when when I may lack in
3: certain things, he'll hit me up on it and put me back in perspective. And then and then when he may lack in things, I'll hit him up on it and put him back in
1: perspective also.
3: And uh hold on just a second.
1: Yeah, Melissa's my disciplinary with that, with the consistency. She doesn't want to do it, but she likes to tell me but to do it. But it's
2: hard <laughs> because at the end of the day, like I said earlier, at the end of the day like this is his passion. I stepped into this a year ago because we started dating. Like, you know, it and so at the end of the day, his his viewpoint probably wins. But I think it's also good to have that other person as, you know, and I and I not to toot our own horn, but our I think our following we have, at least through our YouTube videos and through the podcast, is because people like seeing these different Us fight each other not fighting not as fighting but to see our our differences and things and to we see are so that, different. to see that okay uh, how many years 14 15 years i don't know how many years
1: oh keeping just snake yeah yeah just, yeah 14 15 years and in, in one year but but also think, it's like there's levels meaning i was a keeper for 14 15 years but i was only a breeder for the last five or six so it's a, a large distinction i'm nowhere near as capable as someone who's been breeding for right. 16 years so there's different but levels like the,
2: it's like there's different laws within us and then the people we talk to adds a different level and i
1: think and there's different perspectives too but right people. and i
2: think that i think though i'm new to it though i have a different views on things though i like the numbers and the data and the and it adds a different level to to our name and our brand by having us both on there.
1: Right. And also think about the fact that there's people like when Chris, Chris in 2013, me in 2000, like probably around the same time. It's like, we would have wished to be talking to the people we talked to on the podcast or the people that Chris will be talking on the podcast. We would have wished to be able to have the contact with these people. And it's not about, you having to get great it's about you just creating a platform we've created a platform for us to talk to Chris and other people out there like it just gives you an excuse to talk to fucking cool people that don't give a shit about you anyway <laughs>
2: they give a <laughs> so, shit about us
1: <laughs> don't say that but they wouldn't know of you unless we talked into these stupid microphones for no reason and that's yeah. why it's great that's why podcasting yeah. is great
0: so <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> what I, I- I never answered your question as far yeah. as haters, the haters like in the DM. And, you know, honestly, like our page has got 99% love and probably like point zero 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 one hate. And to me, just we don't give the haters any, any attention at all. And, and we don't we don't feel that fire and. And for anybody that's starting out, I, I would never be scared of any type of hater, anybody hating on you. You'll get way much more love than than what you're going to get in hate. And I would never, if anything, put that a chip on your shoulder and that drive you. And I have a massive chip on my shoulder, and it drives me, like, hugely. So,
1: yeah, it's win-win. Yeah, I love, I love everything about this hobby, but also it's the very same thing that drives me that I want to, like, i want to win right but i i I deploy that in the way that i breed snakes and post everything on social media like i love all the people but it's like i put the fire into putting out the content and doing Mm -hmm. the day-to-day things yeah i feel it yeah uh
2: totally different question would you ever keep anything else other than ball pythons Hopefully, that is the goal. I
0: have a lot of buddies that keep, you know, different boas and and retics. And when we get a bigger space, I mean, literally, we're keeping our ball pythons in a nine foot by ten and a half foot room, which should be motivation to someone that's that's in a small space that they mm-hmm. can do this. But we really don't have the space to venture off into bigger tubs to give proper enclosures. I don't right. want to, you know, shortcome what they deserve. A bigger snake in
1: the future, hopefully, yes. I think that's important because you know the distinction between the fact that ball pythons obviously have certain degree as far as keeping goes and people don't realize that one doesn't apply to all so like when you get a green tree python you don't necessarily keep it like a ball python people think it's one-to-one but obviously people who just think through and research things and obviously like for someone who's been keeping that long not to have a different species of snake is really fucking disciplined. So I respect that on that end.
0: Well, oh, I, I mean, partially I'm in, you know, slightly embarrassed by it. like, Oh, I just keep ball pythons, but I really try to stay in my lane and hopefully in the future, you know, we can venture off. That would be great. I would
1: love that. How would you feel if say the world ended and ball pythons are all worth a hundred bucks, kind of like where our corn snake market is, what do you do as far as, do you venture off in more snakes to keep the business going? Do you keep on going with ball pythons? What do you do at that point? Pure part, hypothetical. Part, very I,
0: hypothetical. At $100 a snake, our business model still succeeds. So that should be more motivation. Even at $100 a piece, we still succeed and win. Um, but you know, so everything else is icing on the cake after $100. Um, but um, you know, if we were to keep others, I, w- I really like green tree pythons. I love them. Um, I would probably go super big and probably get some Burmese.
3: I don't know. It would just be open. I would, I would have to look more into it. I view that as if they became $100 value, right? Can you imagine that the group of people that that's going to draw?
0: Oh, my God. It would be flooded.
3: <laughs> Absolutely flooded. <laughs> right.
0: the, the, the amount of people out there that are interested in keeping snakes, Like my brain has shifted to where I just assume everybody has a rack in their bedroom literally i i think everybody that i meet has a rack in their bedroom straight up that's
1: my reality uh, right now <laughs> it's so i mean it's become so especially with the culture that we're in once we're in facebook groups and stuff like it's so nice when you get to that market where everyone's prepared especially for you guys selling ball pythons like you know that the people selling them know if they're spending like 500 dollars at this point on a ball python they know how to take care of one Mm-hmm. For me, it's like I'm still messing with aquariums and stuff like that, but I don't mind that at all. It's something that comes along with having the the lower end animals. But what do you guys um as far as your market goes, are you just selling animals at like the investor level or do you sell pet, you know, pet animals as well? Uh right now I'm
0: kind of hitting everything. You know, we uh just depending on the clutch, like my my genetics are not so advanced to where I'm hitting like everything high end. We'll hit a range of some investor snakes, some mid range, some low range. I mean, I, I wholesale some normals to local pet shops for like $10 a piece, um, you know, all the way up to the investor level. So we're kind of hitting everything. And, and it's very encouraging to see the, the turnout for that mid range to low range. It really... Um, you know, as an operator of a page that's getting so much interaction, the curtain has been peeled back to me, to let me know that there are so many people that are new to this hobby that are willing to invest. You know, one, two, three k, and and expand. You know, on their and you know, and their stories range from you know they just want pets, they want a side income, they want to expand their hobby. So you know, our goal is to provide you know you know world class quality to to those customers that that want that, but it's wide open, and it's I don't think I don't think any of us can comprehend the the uh, amount of demand out there. it's 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 staggering how many people are, are keeping these animals across all species in the reptile industry. and it's only gonna get better, and that is simply because of social media. I mean, down to um you know, prehistoric pets, Brian Barchek, my page, everybody's page, and that's where we can all come together collectively where all of our pages are reaching new people every single week and bringing new people to the hobby to where it's not a competition to where the amount of people I'm reaching is helping your business. People you're reaching is helping my business. So it's win-win and we're all pushing for the better good and it's not a competition and we can all win together. And I really think that's what our hobby is transitioning to as a whole is to where, you know, where technology is helping us reach our customer base more and more and more and more. And, um, it, to me, it's just abundance. And that's the frame I'm coming from is abundance.
1: Yeah. I think you have to, or else you can hear what everyone else is saying about the market, about this up and down, up and down. But guess what? Everyone's been saying that unless you, if you've been around, everyone's been saying that for 15, 10, 15 years, everyone's been saying everything's crashing. So And everyone gets out. And then what happens when everyone gets out, then there's less supply and there's high demand. And then it goes back up again. And now everyone's happy again. And now the ball Python market, everyone says everything's great. And then another five years, someone will, there'll be a negative Nancy that gets out there and then convinces everyone that it's bad. So really it's like just sticking in there. I think it's so
0: spread out at this point on, on, across the you know the interwebs and everybody's pages if there was a crash i don't think it would reach everybody at large i just don't i think it's so spread out and that so many people are in their own little world that they simply would not know if there was a crash and that the market would continue to go on um i think we're past that i don't think we need other breeders to bought to buy our animals i mm-hmm. think that the the to me, the the uh, end consumer is someone that's just collect, collecting as a hobby. I don't – my my target audience is not breeders. It just is not. It's people that want beautiful animals, and I love that we're in that that territory now because I don't care if a breeder buys from me if ever. I don't care if a breeder judges me. I'm selling to consumers. I'm selling to people that want beautiful animals to
3: display. Period. Yes. And like you were asking, do you do you sell to someone that wants a pet? Yes, 100%.
0: That is my main consumer. I'm selling to people that want beautiful display animals and not breeders.
1: I'm sure your market is a little bit like ours off of Instagram and YouTube. You're probably getting – are you getting younger people into the animals and
0: it's a mix of everything, a lot of younger people. Um but yeah, primarily, I mean, I'm I'm not a front runner in any project at all. I'm just not and uh i'm selling to a lot of people that just want beautiful animals or maybe they're just
1: you know starting a little small
0: hobby
3: right
1: that's our consumer i think that's that's a testament to getting your advertising out there that it may not be the fact that you have the new hottest project but that people know who the hell you are and people want to buy from you agreed for sure because there's there's too many breeders out there being quiet
2: a little different subject um, and I hope I'm pronouncing this right, but someone asked in the chat if either of you, well, really you, Chris, because I think it's a ball python thing. If you know about the, the air,
1: air Arroyo. There Arroyo. You go. I was
2: going to say arios, and that's so messed up. But that gene, how do you spell that?
1: A-R-R-O-Y-O-S. Y O -O -O X. I'm pretty sure it was brought in by Brant Rustich of Major League Reptiles back in the day when he had a business. But I wonder if Chris. Okay, this
2: guy thinks it was by Dan Wild. Uh, Um, and some. I think Dan
0: Wolf was breeding the Arroyo gene. Arroyo is how you pronounce that. Royal. Arroyo. Arroyo? I Uh (laughs) I, you know and And that's another thing within the hobby. I mean, I don't know if it's poor subject, but the way Dan Wolf managed those projects, Blitz, you know a royal, you know, he just kind of dipped out and shit on a lot of those projects. So and they were auctioned off or sold at wholesale prices, and a lot of people did not support those projects and dip on them. I personally don't own any of them. I try to, you know, stay away from projects with that type of drama. I stay mainstream stuff that is, you know, in demand. I only produce animals that will sell if the market crashes. That's my punchline. I know I've said punchline a lot tonight, but the punchline is I will sell, I will produce animals that will survive whether or not there's a breeder market or not. Period. Come see me. If you want showcase animals, whether you're a breeder or not, it doesn't matter. I don't need breeder support as far as there being like a breeder market. Like I my end customer is someone that wants a display animal that's beautiful, that pops, that's gorgeous, that has a passion for the hobby and they're not in it to breed it.
1: Yeah, I think it was a real big distinction when that kind of stuff started coming out because we started seeing subtle differences and these subtle morphs are going for twenty five thousand when you could have bought an albino for five hundred and would have stayed steady for five more years. You would have made just as well, you know, just as good as investment. But now you have a fucking arroyo single gene going well, for. Well, I think that's and- kind
2: of what he was bringing up. Um, some people in the chat were saying arroyo gene is just het for for rio. Um, But then the guy brought up, he said there's a clear change in the Arroyo Bumblebee, if you know what that is. And then the last thing he says is, oh, shit, where did it go? Um, He said, what I want to know is what are the key attributes to tell the Arroyo from a normal? The world of ball python shows the young look of it, but his are grown and his have a lot more of a normal look.
0: Yeah, it's it's not a gene. I I really try not to speak on projects I'm not involved in. And, and, you know, I try not to talk bad on projects that I'm not involved in. So I don't have any, any of those genetics, so
3: I can't really yeah. speak to
2: it. Yeah, no, I really don't understand. Sorry, dude, who's <laughs> asked about that. Um
3: Really good questions, you know. Down to the
1: snake wasn't that good looking
2: on itself. Um, and then some people are saying it's a codom gene. Someone said super is real. I don't know. It seems like there's a lot of different <laughs> thoughts. Wait, can
1: I give oh. genetics to the ball python community? Oh, word. Quick? I don't know. There's no such thing as a codom. So a codom. Kodom would mean that you take a black snake, you breed it to a white snake, and you get a gray snake. But nothing acts like a kodom. They're actually incomplete dominant. That's what gives you the one in four chance when you breed them. So there is no Kodom that works specifically like a Kodom. So no nope. it's incomplete dominant. Um just
2: nothing the, actually mixes the, the two breeders. colors.
1: Yeah. The old school breeders did that and messed us all up. On they that.
0: brainwashed us all. <laughs> yeah. You're and always
1: it's, being like, it's hard to get out of it at this point. It's just everywhere.
0: I'll DM you about that. We'll, we'll uh... <laughs>
2: <myself>.
1: we got <laughs> we got Maybe the big guns. <laughs> well, I'll I'll go to the grave about the the incomplete dominant codominant thing. There's certain things hard lines I hold. Yeah, yeah. For for no reason. But um, as far as your projects go, are you? It seems like you lean more towards recessives, anyway, in comparison to incomplete Diamonds or codoms.
0: Yeah, we, we we definitely veer towards recessives. I mean, they're just harder to make, and you can. The beautiful thing is, you can add codoms, or you know, I know we're not calling them codoms now, but <laughs> <laughs> you can you can add those into the recessives and get the best bo- the best of both worlds. So I love clown and I love pied. That's you know, the backbone of our collection is clown and pied with codoms mixed in. Yeah.
1: You know, what does seem to act like a codom though, would be spider and blackhead because you put them together and they create a normal. So the spider is going to be lacking in melanin. And then the blackhead is going to be increased melanin. You put them together. It makes a normal ball python or somewhere in between normal melanin. So I didn't know that kind of acts like that.
0: That's interesting.
1: But yeah, that's just, we had uh, Dr. Travis Wyman. He breeds ball pythons, but he's also a PhD in genetics. And he kind of, we kind of went through all the weird little genetics things in the hobby. I feel like we need to be like a sponsor for him. We
2: bring him up,
1: yeah, almost
2: like... every episode, just because we get into talking about genetics and like he was the only guy like we had. And to now not I'm really not studied. smart,
1: but he is, so and I we can use his words
2: so and sound smart. Yeah,
1: that's true. <laughs> right. Uses big words.
2: That was one of our most eye-opening podcasts, and I mean, we've had eye-opening, but like in a different way, in a scientific way, <laughs> I guess to say.
1: So, as you guys go along your journey in the podcasting, when do you think you'll have a podcast out? And as far as the, um, if people want to ask questions or anything like that,
0: um, I'm I'm right now projecting the last Monday of. February. So I think that's the twenty-sixth. Um, that's my goal. I mean, and I'm trying to have several podcasts in my pocket to where I can, you know, not do podcasts every week after the launch and and still have, you know, be able to, to deliver weekly. But yeah, that's the goal. So I think it's February twenty-sixth. I'll have to check on my phone when that the last month, basically the last Monday of the month. That that's my goal. And I, I want to incorporate video. It's just it, you know, it's a lot to learn. I mean, it's like Podcasts sound easy, but they're really not. I mean, you got to get the RSS feed, which I know, and and by the way, thank you for answering all my questions that I have and you know asked you and you helped me with. I really appreciate that, Joe. Um, yeah, for sure, and you know. You can make it as simple as you want and as complicated as you want. And I guess I chose the route to make it as complicated as it can be, you know, just with, you know, my soundboard and and all this.
2: Yeah, but you're so much more high tech than us. Like, I wish we could be where you are already. (laughs)
0: But, you know, we haven't launched yet. And and I I just want to have fun with it and and something that's sustainable. And then I want to venture off into YouTube. YouTube has been our biggest miss I feel like we've got Instagram down. We've got Facebook down, Snapchat down. Um, Instagram stories has been a big focus for me. I feel like Instagram stories is right now the most underpriced uh, attention. Um, I'm getting about 2,000 opens per story. And um, it's just, it's incredible to think that anytime I want to snap a story, I can get 2,000 views like that. Um you know, and to me in my brain, it's like I put a YouTube video out and I'm getting like 500 views maybe. So I just don't have as much motivation. Well,
1: you got, you got to feed the monster.
0: You got to feed the monster 100%. So, um, you know, I want to put my podcast out on YouTube and uh, incorporate videos and edit in the jump cuts, you know, manually, unfortunately, you know, with me and pops and, and who we're interviewing, um, it's just been a long journey, and there's no rush to it. It's okay right. if it's 2019, 2020 when I'm when I'm firing on all cylinders. That's okay. I'm not gonna beat myself up on it, and and I think that's that's key for anybody that's listening that wants to start out. Don't beat yourself out up and just just do, just do. That's the answer.
1: Yeah, and, I, and I'm messing with you saying that you got to get it out and stuff like that, but think about when I told you that I was thinking about putting out a podcast and I asked Sean Bradley to work his table in 2014. So it obviously took me four years to get up the fucking guts to do this, or three years, rather. So have you been on Sean's podcast? No, I haven't. Have you hit him up, hit him up for it? Um, no, just because he doesn't really put out podcasts anymore. <laughs> I mean, I, mean not I don't want to get day. into that, but.
2: We'll talk about that after but, the show. But and, and I also
1: breed corn snakes, so it's just not within. I get that it's bullshit. You know, yeah, for sure. Yeah, but I mean, I just want, I just want. Like, I feel like our lives have gotten so much better just from talking into a stupid microphone. Even though this doesn't get our best numbers, like by far, the other social medias and stuff get bigger, but this gets a little bit deeper and it gets us to meet people. So like, I want to spread that to everyone. I want everyone to have that experience and, for sure.
2: And like I said earlier, how we like bring up the Travis Wyman thing. I like the fact that we get to like reference something to people. Like when we had that dad and daughter come, came, come to our house the other day, like we even got into genetics and was like, Hey, if you want to know more, check out this tribe Travis Wyman podcast and if we end up meeting a ball python person we're like hey check out this curse seriously pot like you know like yeah I how like many people ask these... me for
1: ball pythons i know
2: i know but if it just
1: no i'm saying oh, like a lot do.
2: i like that was a weird reaction yes actually a lot of people I and mean, we have to be like no we don't keep any. but like it it's nice to have like yeah your your videos that you put on youtube are totally educational and totally great but it's nice to be able to tell people like hey go listen to this raw real conversation we had about all the nitty gritty stuff of this or like go watch this podcast about gray bands, go watch this podcast, you know, about corn snakes with Sarah. Well, and like,
1: I'll, I'll mention how I leverage the podcast. So if Chris, Chris, like I know people probably hit you up asking you for all kinds of snakes. So, so my buddy Gustavo's like, he bought a snake for me. And then um, he's like, Hey man, I'm really thinking about gray banded king snakes. And I'm like, well, I know this guy, Stu Tennyson, who I met a few times, seems like a good dude. He contacted Stu. He bought a snake. Stu thanked me. And then I asked Stu on the podcast, which I had enough, you know, I had enough built up Cloudy. to where Stu would be like, okay, yeah, I, I should do the podcast for this guy and got him on the podcast, even though I don't deserve to have people on a podcast. <laughs> so that's, that's really, okay. That's really it, you know, that's, yeah.
2: You know what else is really it?
1: What this podcast? We're
2: at two hours. <laughs> We're at two <laughs> hours. We're at two
1: hours. Right. Over two hours. So right Chris, now. give out Chris and Pops. Give out separately all your social medias that you're involved with. Um.
0: So, so, you know, Instagram is kind of, you know, my go-to, but we also do Facebook. I love Facebook. Facebook is where we started in 2014. Um, the, the logarithm changed on Facebook, so it just is not favorable over there anymore, but we still put content out on Facebook. I'm hoping to redo my, my approach to Facebook and hopefully revamp that. Um, I love Snapchat as well. Uh, ball pythons 101, um, ball pythons underscore 101 on Snapchat. Um, Instagram stories. If you want to see my day to day life and me documenting what I do, definitely watch my stories. That's where it's at as well as Snapchat. YouTube is on a come up. Maybe we'll do better on YouTube in 2018. Um, And then obviously the podcast coming out the ball pythons one on one show hopefully later this month and um, pops
3: definitely IG Instagram for me, uh, check out my stories. I do a lot of good information on stories. I like to, to give, um, I need to start giving more on the rats when it comes to breeding so that you can feed your snakes cause the snakes gotta eat. But anyway, Hey, watch me on Instagram, watch my stories. Uh, I don't do much on Facebook maybe in the future, but, uh, Hey, it's been for real great information uh nice uh talking to you both tonight it's been wonderful
1: yeah it was really awesome me and you guys please put that information out there because there's people like me who are thinking about breeding rats in the future but there's really not a voice for the breeding rats aspect right so you want to give out all of our informations? Sure.
2: Uh, same name across the board. YouTube, Port City Pythons. Instagram, Port City Pythons. Twitter that we don't use really much that much, but we're on Twitter, Port City Pythons. Facebook, Port City Pythons. And I'm going to do one more plug. Please tell your friends to go vote for the Reptile Reports it's not contest. I don't know what you call it. Uh, okay contest video show of the year go vote for port city pythons every day you can do one entry a day tell all your friends we have no chance of winning because we're up against (laughs) some really awesome video show people like dave kaufman who by the way is going to be at nrbc arlington I'm excited to hopefully meet him. We're
1: going to vlog bomb him. So we're going to make him get on the vlog because Dave
2: Coffin is a cool person. But yeah, we're up against him and cool people. But it would just really be awesome if you guys go vote for us for Video Show of the Year. That's it. That's it. Thanks for watching. Next week, we will have one. Is it Jason?
1: I think it's Jason Brumley or <laughs> Ian Bissell. I don't know. We'll figure Either... it out. It will probably be Green Trees no matter what. Either so Ian Chris Bissell or Jason listening. Brumley
2: um everyone thanks everyone for watching a lot of people are saying great podcast so thank you chris and pops for being on and joe's ending the podcast (laughs) now you're just rambling okay okay